Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Once again, to the Voice Wrestling Podcast, I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. And Joe, how are you? Four big shows in two days. Really, we got a lot to talk really about. One day, yeah. But we only saw three of them, so there will be no Big Japan talk here. Oh, I was wondering what that, yeah, okay. Well, sorry. Yeah, there's just not enough time to watch all this stuff. I, I, I don't even think it's, is it, I don't even, I'm not even sure it can be it's viewed yet. It's out. out there. It is out. It's uh, I'm doing air quotes. Yes, it is. It is. It can out. it can be seen if there's a will, there's a way. Yes, I don't know if everybody can see it, but <laughs> if you have the right connections, oh, so you can do see we it. have access to it? I believe we do. Yes. All right. Well, I'll, we don't know anything about it. I don't know a single spoiler. And now people are going to say, "Give me access. Give me." The, yeah, we don't. I don't know. Actually, no. I think everybody can get it if they want. But again, it's 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 not as accessible as it was. People once have was. seen it, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, we've we've had reports throughout the day, but yeah, we just have not had a chance to to personally. See I know it, so nothing about it. Haven't seen a single second of it. Don't know a single result. It's gonna stay that way until I track it down. Probably will be the first thing I do. I'm guessing Sakamoto and Okabayashi chopped the shit out of each other and were really big, strong, sweaty men. That probably happened. I th- that's my pre- <laughs> that's that's my one review is that they hit each other really hard and they grunted and sweated a lot. So the top half of that card looked uh, pretty incredible. I can't. It wait looks. To... Yeah. No, I definitely want to watch it. But yeah. There's just been no time. I mean, especially when you add in a, a nine hour uh, Kobe world show, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. God, that thing was long, but they, they always are. So you go in knowing that, but man, it was just like, I just kept looking down at my bar and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I, and I don't mind it. It's fine. But you know, and then uh, obviously the G one shows and all that sort of stuff. And also WWE battleground, bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about uh today joe let's uh no, no no time for dumb little banter unless you have any dumb little banter that you'd like to talk about i can o- i, really I can always come up with dumb little- no i know you can always i, th- I feel like well l- let's integrate it into the reviews because it'll come up regardless in the review like i don't have anything to start you know sometimes i'll mention hush puppies we'll mention something that happened during the week like i don't know what, what happened this week that would really be worth you know banter worthy well uh, somebody bought porn on our Amazon link. Yeah, that was that was very nice of them. Yes, I won't reveal what type of porn they bought. Wait a but, minute, uh, why not? Why aren't you revealing that type of porn? I don't know if it allows somebody, will it? 
how would it out them? I don't want them to know. So I see the thing. I it, it might not be a single person. Think about it. There might be multiple. Por- I don't want to say. I don't want this one guy to then think or or girl. It could obviously be a female as well to think. Oh shit! They're making fun of me or they're they're calling me out. You know, I don't know who it is. I don't know if they're one of those sensitive people oh, or hold something. On, hold on a second. You tweeted out that somebody purchased the porn on the Amazon link. So yeah, if, 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 but they don't know it's them. How they, if I specifically say the title that they bought, then I they're going to know. So it's them. that well, then that would mean that they're. I want to keep a little avenue where, where they maybe they're like, uh, that could be me, or it could be one of those other creeps, or whatever. Multiple people who have. Had Exa- yeah, I don't want to reveal. I don't want to. But if I say this guy bought X or whatever, and it's a very specific <laughs> porn as well, so I'm it's s- actually a multi. It's a multi-disc oh, set. Oh, it's a comp. It's like a comp. It's porn. a comp. It's so great. We got a lot of money it's off of it. It's a porn compilation. So, yes. Yeah. Wow, I'm intrigued. I, I do, you want me to, do you want me to put it in the Skype thing? I would love to know what kind of porn this was. Yeah, let me let me fire it up for you in the Skype. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I feel like I know who it is, and I don't think they'd care, but just in case, you, you have no clue who it is. Could be anybody. I, I I feel like I might know, but someone alluded to it on Twitter, but I don't know if it's actually them. So I don't want because then anybody, you know, anybody could have been like, uh oh, caught me well, or whatever. Well, first of all, you know, who is buying porn? In- I that that's the I mean I'm glad they are. Thank you for doing that. And you can voice wrestling.com slash Amazon for all your uh, porn was needs a, and or was, anything else that's on Amazon if you'd like. Was it a Blu-ray? Uh, I believe it was straight DVD. So they went DVD. They went DVD, yeah. Uh, did it did they ever go did, porn went full blue? Because I know that for a while there it was like that because there was that HD DVD, the thing that Microsoft was doing, and then there was the Blu-ray. But everybody liked every everybody preferred, at least in the porn world, Blu-ray, correct? Uh, Rich. That's usually what determines you know, VHS and Betamax and, and what – is that porn is, is Blu-ray, porn right? Porn was one of the first things to go Blu-ray. Okay, and that's, and that's why Blu-ray won. I mean that's how you always kind of know is, is the way that those things always go with you know, VHS Betamax, you know, Laserdisc and DVD and that sort of stuff. It was you know, wherever porn goes is where the, the industry goes, so that's good. What was this fetish porn? You haven't sent it to me yet. Uh, unfortunately, I won't let me log in. Oh, because I didn't – I, I need go. to know what kind of porn this was. This okay. important information. Well, I mean it's not like creepy, but it – did they go like? Was it a? Is it a? Uh, is it? Is, it's a, it's a type of. It's a specific kind of kink. Um. Yeah. So it's it's six disc. It's a, a six, six disc, disc set of porn. It was forty five ninety nine, Joe. We made a dollar eighty four off of that. So someone spent forty six bucks on porn <laughs> in the year of our Lord twenty fifteen. Wow. All right, it has just been sent to you. So check our uh, Skype messages for uh, full details. Oh, that is that is. Let me, I, would, <laughs> I would have never guessed that. And I'll tell you, it's nothing particularly kinky. No, no, that's what I said. It, it's you. You would have never guessed it. I do not fap to that. I got to be completely honest. Um, I am not a fan of of that or any of the similar genre. You know what I mean? The other type. We have talked about and, and oh, that's a little nugget. If people have listened, it'll, it'll, yeah, the long term listeners will know. Yeah. What what we're kind of talking? I'm about I'm not here. into that. I don't I don't like um, immediate turnoff. Yeah, immediate turnoff. And I and I'm like a I'm like a diamond inspector. I can spot it before they even open their mouths. And oh, you can tell. Yeah, I know no, you immediately. Can and I'm yeah. just like, all right, I'm out of here. The thumbnail was intriguing, but I cannot you're watch. Like, Ooh, this. a hot blonde, and then you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't. Fat <laughs> blue eyes, blue eyes. Can't, can't. <laughs> Get out, right, <laughs> run. <laughs> Once it starts playing. I, I you see your blue eyes, you run, and then the guy is blonde as well. You're like, oh, no. Okay. Before they even speak, <laughs> I know, and I'm like, I got to get at it. I can't watch this. I know that right. these people aren't um, – man, you're really restricting the things I can say. <laughs> but um, you know, these people aren't like me, Rich, is what I think right. to myself. 
And I, I, they did not, they, uh, well, no, they're like you because they also did not celebrate the 4th of July. <laughs> that, it's about, they also do not find I, much I, enjoyment not into that. in fireworks and hot dogs on the 4th not of July. Into that. I so. tell you, I'll tell you the kind of porn I've been digging lately is there's a site called, <laughs> please do. I didn't ask, but please do. Well, yeah. you know, there, there, there's a site called Fake Taxi. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> I am not, but, well, here's the thing about it it's, it's, it's okay. a strange dichotomy because, and I know there's some people listening, nodding, and going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with these uh, fake taxi clips that are floating around the, uh, the free sites. It's this British dude, okay? It's English porn, okay? okay. It, it, it's, it's, it's based in Britain or whatever you call that. Con- Can you say, you know, uh, United Kingdom is all of those places together. Yes. And then there's England, which is just part of the United. In fact, this guy's in London. He always makes reference to London. Okay. Okay. Britain. Yeah. And he's, he, he, he drives a taxi, obviously, right? And he, mm-hmm. he picks up these ridiculous. Is it an Uber? Is it an Uber or a taxi? No, this is a weird, like, it's got a, an enormous back seat. Like a dashboard confessionals, like yeah, that, that. Yeah, but, like, it, 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 this is not any kind of taxi or even vehicle you would see in the United States. It's got an enormous back seat, obviously, not for obvious reasons. Taxi cab confessionals. For, yeah, not, you, 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 not, not the band. But. <laughs> right. Where, you know, you can fit about four people in the back, which comes in okay, handy right. in some of these clips. I was going to, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. But, but anyway, he picks up these women. Who are always just ridiculously attractive. I mean, even well, that's I mean, that's a normal taxi. That that's what you'll <laughs> of course. But here's the problem: they all sound once they talk, they all sound like Jack the Ripper victims, and it, it completely it's a total boner killer. You know, <laughs> like he'll pick these women up and they'll hop in the back of the cab, and then like you know, he starts kicking his game. You know, and and then they start picking up what he's laying down. But they'll say things that make them say, and they, they all sound like they're straight out of 1860, like they're about to have their throat slashed by Jack the Ripper. They'll be like, oh, you fancy a poke, do you? And, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no, don't talk. And the accents are so thick in this thing that there's subtitles and they're speaking English. But there's, wow, okay. but there's English it's subtitles. So thick, yeah. It's like it's like Liam Gallagher of Oasis driving a cab. <laughs> And picking up is it actually? Because then I'm a, I'd be very interested. In that. And he's like picking up Jack the Ripper victims. That's what it's like. And then like you know it, it doesn't it, like I just want them to stop <laughs> talking. You know and and yeah. and he has the, like the you. uncomfortable banter with them. And 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 the women you know and then of course they get all turned on by his banter. But then once they talk, you know, then I start getting into it. But then they talk and it gets cringy again. Like oh uh, oh are you having a wank are you? How about you come in the back and slip off my <laughs> knickers? And it's like no, don't say Stop knickers, don't pants. say knickers, don't say wank, <laughs> and don't say it with that accent like 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 you're a hooker in 1870. I, I Oliver Twist, yeah, like, yeah, you're killing me here. You're killing me with the knicker talk. But then when 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 it gets down to the action. It's to me. It's an excellent site. I like the angles they okay. use. The, the the quality of of the women is excellent. The work rate. The work rate's solid. The work rate's solid. The work rate's very solid. High work rate. Yeah. And and you know. Super indie. It's the super indie of uh. It, it, it's the super indie of porn right now. I'll tell you. And I. It's, the progress wrestling of uh. <laughs> porn. It's always the same two scenarios though. Like. The, well, that's all. Porn. He starts to talk to the woman, and it's either her her boyfriend's cheating on her, and like that's his way in. You know what I mean? 
Because like, uh, then, then Liam Gallagher is always like, uh, Oh, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, well, you know, uh, you could get revenge on the, on this one. Like, uh, <laughs> if he, if he's if he's doing some other bird, you know that you know I could I could help you out with that. Maybe you can make him jealous. You know, and it, you can't understand what he's saying. So it just says like the subtitles on the bottom. You know, and he's like, yeah, you know, he is a fucking wanker. You know, he's doing my best friend on top of all thing. You know, it sounds horrendous. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it just it's it's it, you know it gives. Your gimmick, a real well, little boner I had from starting this podcast, it, uh, is, is now receded completely. The yeah. banter that they go through, <laughs> it really gives your gimmick a workout because you you like what you see. Don't you just want, fast forward? But then, like, Don't you just fast forward. You can, but I, like, I'm like, you like the setup. I'm OCD. Okay, like the... I have to see the setup. You know, I I can't just skip to the action. Yeah. Because then at that point, I'm just going to switch videos. If I if I'm that bored, I'm switching videos. Uh, you know, so I, I watch the banter. I watch Liam Gallagher kick his game with the 1870 hooker because then I know the payoff is always good. It's kind of like watching a really boring wrestling match between two guys, but you know, like the finishing stretch is going to be cool. So you stick with it. You know, you stick with it. But yeah, it's you, you fake taxi. I know people know what I'm talking about. So, you know, like everybody, I'll seek it out. Everybody check out fake taxi. To that's 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 uh, my recommendation. See, voiceofwrestling.com slash fake taxi. That'll help us out. I'll call them about that and see if they have something. But. So there you go. You, you know, you didn't think I, I can create banter out of anything, Rich. There you go. What it, there it so, is. Now let's get to the. So what's it going to be? G one uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, I don't know. Let's let's do that. Let, let's let's do Kobe World. Let's throw a bone to our Dragon Gate fans. They get mad every single time that we don't talk about them enough, and and we didn't even preview Kobe World because we're terrible. Terrible people. So we, why don't we, we talk Kobe World? We forgot it existed. Some. Yeah, and we do that. We do that all the time. I right, well, that's, you know, you know, I think that's fair. I think starting with the Dragon Gate because we have been blowing it off a lot is fair. I think that's a good idea. Now, you in particular said you could not wait to talk about the yes. show. Now, disclaimer: I saw the opener and I saw the Brave Twin and Dreamgate. I saw four okay. matches. I saw the opener, and I saw the last three matches. Well, what I assume is the last three matches, the Brave Twin and Dreamgate. You saw the whole show. There's a few things in between, but yeah, for the most part. Uh, Brave Twin. Yeah, there's one match in between, but you didn't I really didn't see much. Triangle Gate. Oh, no, you did miss a lot. No, you did miss yeah, something, but that's all right. I didn't see Triangle Gate, and I didn't see whatever else was on the mid-card. So, um, but since you were super excited to talk about it, I will let you go first. The floor is yours. Tell people you okay. thought of Kobe World. Well, I enjoyed the show a lot. One of the big things that you you kind of commit with the Kobe World is this was almost a five hour show, and it was it was all of it too. It was a very and that, and that's all these Kobe World shows are always you you get in, you watch them, and you're you're sitting down for a while. I had to watch I think it was three sittings or whatever, just because I just don't have a, f- a free five hours to watch. So people that watch live, you're a better man than me. I mean, some of those New Japan shows, I, I'm I'm dozing off halfway through, and those are you know four hours tops, or you know Wrestle Kingdoms can sometimes get. You know, four and a half ish, but this is every bit. I think it was four fifty five or something. Was it was the Nico Nico? And and I did on Nico Nico. You continue to have issues. I really God wish they would just use another service. I I I genuinely tried, and there's just it won't take my bank card. I know that people say that you can purchase like a gift card of you know like a Visa gift card or something and do it Mm -hmm. that way. Look, I'm not going through that much trouble. Okay. It's, yeah, you just want you just want to throw your card in there, and and one of the things that happened with me is I I bought my smiling points or whatever, and then I clicked a page, and I don't have no idea where I went, and I couldn't get back to where I initially uh, wanted yeah, to go, yeah. and I was just like, and and the, all the trans for whatever reason the translations on the Nico Nico page are like way worse than any other translation. I I don't know why that is, but like you know I'll go to NewJapan.com or the, uh, you know NJ 
pw.co.jp or whatever and and it'll translate there and there's like some little funky stuff here and there but for the most part i kind of know where i'm going i it, that nico nico page man when it translates you got you have nothing i got I, I still can't figure out where to click what to do there's a lot of like it's like design kind of weird as well so it, it, it's an arduous process a lot of times yeah, to order it but i was able to do on it these sites, you so. can guess and be right because you even no matter what language it is, things are laid out pretty much the same when you're paying sure. for something. You can just figure well, it out. Well, and like New Japan's good about icons. Like New Japan World, even if they don't translate, uh, there's a little calendar and that's how you know it's the calendar. There's like, you know, a wrestler's head and you know that's, you know, wrestlers or whatever. You can kind of guess. Nico Nico, and that, to be fair, they're not a, you know, a wrestling website. They're just a, a full-on, you know, Japanese television website. It's a lot harder. I mean, they, they don't give you, they don't throw a bone for anybody in America because it's not for us. Right. What are we doing? Right. Like, right. why are you here? What are you doing? And the fact Nicole. is, you know... I'm a man who goes into the cereal aisle, and if they don't have Count Chocula, I get frustrated and mutter to myself. There's some things I have very little patience for, Rich. So Yeah, uh, so Nico Nico, not high on that not list. Not high on my <laughs> list, but... I think, did I lose you? Well, you did for a second, but... Uh, there you go. You're back now. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know what happened there, but I, I was done babbling anyway. Take it away. Okay, and talk good. All right, I will take it away. So Kobe World, let's talk about a little bit, obviously, from Kobe World Hall. Uh, Joe has mentioned, uh, didn't see the whole show, but I, I can fill in the little gaps here. Uh, we had the opener, uh, UT Kotako and, uh, L Lindemann versus Super Shisha, Shachioka Boy and Mike Seidel. This was, it was your Dragon Gate opener. There's really nothing to say too much. Uh, how about two star? I mean, it, it, nothing really. You can, six guys, few minutes doing whatever. Mike Seidel's really corny and pretty terrible, but that's all right. He does fine. And, and the rest of the guys were okay. Um, uh, Kotaku, he, 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 he was Solid, but yeah, he was about the only guy. UT was also pretty solid in here, but yeah, for the rest, for the most part, it, it wasn't too much. And Sachioka Boy, who you know, occasionally a few times per year will put on a, a real awesome performance. He just didn't have time here to do much, and it, it was just kind of your standard opener. So, I uh, move on here. We well, have I, hey, I, Cyber- hey, I saw that match. I could actually talk about this. Oh, you can. That's right. Yeah, yeah. what do you think? I this saw one? the opener. Um, um, I think I liked it a little more than you. I thought everybody in the match was um very good. The only thing I didn't like about the match, and it has to go, it needs to go yesterday, is that Yoga Salt by Mike Seidel. Yes, it, it's set up. It takes so long to set up, and I, I've seen it before, but then I never quite – and then he got up there, and he grabs the mat, and I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? And it's just like, oh, it's a moonsault. But he it's, like throws the mat down. I was like, what do you, what do you know? It's like, cringy, like, and it needs uh, to go. That move needs yeah. to go. Otherwise, I thought everybody in this match was solid as No, fun. I thought it was really good. I mean there's not much you can really say. That, that's, well, there's I don't not. Put it, yeah, there's not a ton yeah, to it's say. Kinda, it is what it was. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> – but this is your typical, you know, like like the floor for this kind of match in Dragon Gate is like three stars. Like they go out there, they work hard, they all do well. Um, the, the one thing I'll say about Sachi Hoko Boy is, you know, he got his little push there. It was very emotional. That Twin Gate run was a lot mm-hmm. – the, the win in particular and the run was a lot of fun. And then this is what Dragon Gate does. It's right back down the card he goes. You know what I mean? Yep. And then it'll be somebody else next time. And, and uh, you know, uh, he's a heck of a worker. And, and there, you know, there are a lot of guys here that are that – are, this is a loaded roster, yep. though, and someone has to work the opener. So there you go. Now – uh, basically, I could just put this baby on mute because I haven't seen like the next four <laughs> matches. So, you know, go for we it. We can respond to a little bit of stuff here. But uh, right. anyway, speaking of a guy who had a push and then lost it, uh, Punch Tamananga and the rest of uh, his units, KNS, Cyber Kong on Monday, Ryu taking on the Jimmies. It was Jimmy Conda, the Dolphin Man. I'm not going to say it. That's Joe. Joe, you can fill in now here. No, 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 no. You have to say it. I'm not okay, bailing Mr. you Q-Q, out. Okay, Mr. QQ, Tanazaki, Noaki, Toyonaka, Dolphin. Was that right? so hard? No, they, not they really. nailed it. You couldn't get Katoka right. But it, no, I don't know why I kept getting to Katoka but, but wrong. You but you nailed that one. You nailed the longest name in wrestling. Perfect. Yep. You don't need me. 
Of course, the rest of the Jimmy. And then Hollywood Soccer, Ishikawa, and Yusuke Santa Maria. So, um, sorry, the Millennials, not the Jimmy. Uh, yeah, this was um, this was a lot of fun. This, it was, <laughs> it, it, unfortunately with Mad Blanky, it kind of always becomes the same sort of thing. So if you've seen a Mad Blanky multi-man, like, opener or, or, or pre-show-ish sort of match, you kind of know what you're going to get here. And it was a lot of that. Uh, the big story here, and, and, and really the only big story that you can really come up with, is that Hollywood Soccer, Ishikawa got the pin. On Punch Tamanaga, which remember, uh, was that about a year ago? It was a year at this point, right? That Punch Tamanaga got his push, his brief, brief his push. Very, and, his uh, very brief push, his feud yes. with Shima. He was getting himself DQ'd. Um, he was he, he he was a very interesting character at that point yes. in time. And then he, and we, we ran those stats. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And then he just dropped off the face of the earth. Yes, to to this point where yeah, and we did. Uh, uh, Josh Engelman did a piece for us a few months ago where he looked at Dragon Gate stats uh, throughout the last year or whatever, and you see Punch Tamanaga, who was a guy who last year was was well pushed. Now this year has just not won and is taking every fall, and it's just and this this speaks. I mean, when when, when Hollywood Soccer Ishikawa gets the pinfall on you, that's that's about as low as you can go there. So yeah, then not a whole lot there. Um, I, I give it about probably two stars. It, it, it was fine, but not you know spectacular. Nothing to go out of your way and watch. So it was it was a good one for you to skip. Uh, definitely. Then we go on to the Open the Brave Gate Championship, Akira Tozawa versus Eita. Uh, Joe, I know you saw this one. What were your thoughts on this match? Because I loved it. This was actually my match of the night. Uh, I know the main event is going to be obviously a lot of other people's match of the night. I thought this was spectacular. I loved, loved, loved this match. Um, I'm trying to, um, I'm, I'm trying to decide how to work my thoughts in here. I, I like this match too, and it was. Probably my favorite match on the show, either that or the Twin Gate of the matches that I saw. Um, I, I hated the main event. I guess I should just say that now. Okay, and, I, I wasn't a huge fan either. So we'll we'll talk about oh, that. Okay, anyway. all right, all right, good. I mean, I was okay. I, I like the I like the vehicles, the story vehicle, we, what can, it did. Can we yeah. skip to that right now? Since I yeah, let's do that right I now. Kinda, well, no, you kind of you kind of kind of shot the there. So yeah, so that's might as well uh, just get into it now. Yeah, I was. Um, I'll, I'll give my thoughts, and then you can kind of give yours because I know you're kind of passionate about it. I enjoyed it, a, uh, you know, to an extent. I just thought it was needlessly long, which which can sometimes happen when Dragon Gate matches. And I enjoyed the story and what they were trying to do and everything that went into it and 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 how you know T Hawk has progressed and and how he'll progress after that and how Yoshino sort of cemented himself as you know a, a, one of the top guys in Dragon Gate. But for the most part, the match did really nothing for me. I mean, the, the end to an extent, the last few minutes, I was kind of up and ready to go. But for the most part, it was just kind of there, and I really. I, I it, it was really hard to get in, and it could have been because I was doing marathon watches of the show. But yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot there for me that I enjoyed. I thought good idea from a story standpoint, good idea in telling the story of what you wanted to get you, you know through, and the two guys getting over and all that sort of stuff. But for the most part, yeah, I, I was not a big of a fan. I thought this Brave Gate match ran laps around it. But go ahead. Um, the T Hawk Masato Yoshino main event was was I I. I I can't think of a more disappointing main event match that I've seen in recent memory. Wow. I really can't. I, I was, I was thoroughly bored. Now, did you stay away from expectations or you stayed away from like spoilers? I, I, I don't know. I, I saw no spoilers. Okay. All right. But, Cause I, I wasn't sure. Cause we had, I mean, obviously case on our website reviewed it. I didn't, and I didn't, read, it. didn't read it. Yeah. So, um, I, I was just, if you're going in with, after his review and after other people's review, I could see how maybe you'd be disappointed, but you went in completely I, cool. I so, saw okay. no spoilers. I didn't know who won any of these matches. I've avoided spoilers for two days. I just finished watching whatever, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes ago mm -hmm. before we started recording. Um, the only thing I saw was, was uh, Alan say that this may have been the best Dragon Gate show of all time. That's the only thing I saw. And unless 
this had the greatest mid card in the history of professional wrestling by a wide margin. Alan, I love you. You're a great guy. You're my buddy. I couldn't disagree. I couldn't disagree more based on the four matches I saw. I'm gonna bury the show, by the way. <laughs> the matches that I saw, at least. Um, and starting with the main event, um, this was about a 35-minute match, and I was bored to tears for 30 minutes of this match. They did nothing compelling for the first 30 minutes of this match, and then they had a tremendous closing stretch. The last five minutes are go out of your way to see. But what does that mean when the first 30 minutes are dull as fucking dirt? Yeah, that, that's where I was really I, I was I was really and I went back and I rewatched most of it just to see what I was missing. I, OK, what, what, what was the part that I didn't quite get? And I'm looking at it. I'm watching. I'm watching. And, 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 and it's being built well, but it's, there's nothing there. There's nothing to hook me. There's nothing compelling. There wasn't a whole lot there to really sink my teeth into while it was going on. It would just seem like we were kind of we need you know, we have 35 minutes. So let's fill this time. And there was nothing where, you know, we'll talk here in a little bit. I thought this Brave Gate filled that gap a lot better by having something that actually, you know, was worthwhile and played into the story. I didn't really find a whole lot here, and I, I thought I was missing something, and, and I rewatched it, and I still – I'm just not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. T-Hawk's stock went straight into the fucking dirt for me after watching this match, and it's nothing that – He's had a bad He's had a bad few months, to be well, honest. Here's the it's, thing. Uh, it, it, it was nothing about the work. Both of these guys the, – the match was well worked. The problem was it never hooked me, and it, at no point was it compelling. Even during the closing stretch, when they went through that amazing series of near falls – it, it 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 I I still didn't give a shit uh, whether which guy won. I had I, and that shouldn't be the case. You should tell me a story in the match, and T Hawk either should have been a gigantic cock and made me want Yoshino to win, or um, T Hawk should have been um, I sh- or they I should have come away in the in the final stretch thinking this is T Hawk's time. I really want T Hawk to win, but mm-hmm. during that final stretch. I didn't give a shit who won. Honestly, I just wanted it to end because yeah. it ate up 35 minutes of my life that I'm never giving that I'm never getting back. And I was bored to tears for the first half hour of this match. Very disappointing match. And it's not because there was anything wrong with the work. And it's not because it was just a boring match. I mean, I, I don't know what how else to put it. It just there was nothing compelling about this match. And those final five minutes just couldn't it didn't do enough to save it. I, I I, all I could think about during this match was if there is a fucking hell, okay, there is a room reserved in hell where they make you sit in a theater that does that has non-stadium seating and you have to watch this match on a loop for the rest of eternity. It was that fucking wow. It was that fucking boring. Jeez. The first thirty minutes of this match were as boring as professional wrestling gets. It, it really, they it really was, and and it pains me to say that because you know how much I love Masato Yoshino. I think the guys. Uh, a top 10 wrestler in the world. I mean, you know, you can make that argument for him. And, and I think, uh, T Hawk's a guy with a ton of potential and coming into the match. I was so excited. I was like, Tomahawk motherfucking TT is main eventing Kobe world. And, and he's the hottest rising star in this company. And he's facing a guy who, if like we've talked about, if you could handpick someone to have a great match and a big spot on their WrestleMania, who else would you handpick? It'd be Yoshino. Yeah, it'd be Yoshino. Alan yeah. made that great argument in uh, in the Figure Four Weekly a couple of weeks ago, and then I sat there and I watched it, and it just it it was so boring that it hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings, Rich. How boring <laughs> this match was because they let me down, man. And to me, T Hawk has a lot of work to do to get back in Joe Lanza's good graces because 
you know, this was not a big time performance. Uh, he he did not hook me in any way whatsoever. He didn't make me hate him, and he didn't make me get behind him. That's he that's was what just really there. Yeah, and that was that's what, what when I left that match, and, and and that's why it was such a contrast, and that's why I was so much more into the Brave Gate matches because that was a very obvious. You know the, the the dynamic of heel face, the dynamic of of, and, and even if it's not heel face, you you at least at some point during that match decide which way you're going. Am I rooting? Am I rooting for Tazawa or am I rooting for Eighth or whatever? In this main event, though, the entire time was like neutral. Both guys were just like, and 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 T Hawk especially. I don't know what you're supposed to be. I mean, for a while there, he was the the super cocky heel, and it made sense, and he was really good at that. He seemed like to, he was finding his you know footing and doing all that. Then you know, obviously, we had the you know the the cage of death or whatever you know you know that madness. And then he sort of showed a, a lighter side, and it was like, okay, this guy's gonna be kind of good. And then sort of the last few months, he's just kind of been in between, kind of a tweener. And then this match, I had no idea. Like, what what do you want me to hate you or like you? I I, I had nothing after it. This was a, you know what I mean? Like I, I when it was exactly done. I just said you, and, and, you okay. You are a T Hawk. Cool. Like you are a young wrestler, and that's that that's what it was. And it was like, man, like. You show me six months ago, T Hawk, or you know, eight months ago, T Hawk, and I, I, night and day, it's not even the same person because he was so much better at harnessing what he wanted to do and what his character was going to be and what you should react to and and how you should react to him. And in this, it was just like along for the ride. And 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 Yoshino, to his credit, did all he could, but I, I just don't, I don't think he I, did listen, a whole. I don't think. He, yeah, I don't know. I don't think yeah. he was great here either because he didn't get me behind him. No, yeah, he he did this, a tough time too. This, they were both very neutral. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was very bizarre. And I don't know if that's the story they were going for. And if so, it didn't seem like the crowd was way you know way into it either. Because what was interesting is I read reviews, in, including Case, and he was talking about how the crowd you know they were in the palm of his hand and all that sort of stuff. And you know, watching it, uh, I don't I gotta, know if I, I really got I that. I gotta yeah. read this review because I I don't know if I could this. Uh, do you want me to read? You want me to read it for you here right now? Um, are we gonna bury the young boy? Let's bury the young. No, boy. no, he did a he did a fantastic job reviewing it. He got it got it up you know immediately. And, and hey, he's allowed hey, to think we, his opinion. We, it, Bury the young boy's opinion. We can bury the young boy's opinion. Oh, I, I, I think you hate it more than I do, and we'll talk a little I bit. I thought you were gonna see. Um, I thought I was so excited to jump to the main event because I thought you were gonna vehemently disagree based on some of the things you tweeted about the show, and I thought we were gonna have a nice, healthy, um, you know, discourse about. No, this. yeah, no, I, 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 not to the extent that you are. I didn't think it was that bad, but Throw I stars didn't. Stars on it. What did I give it? I think I gave it three. I think I gave it three and a half, I believe, when I was talking to people. Okay. I, I I think there's a four in post. Either three and a half or three and uh, three quarters is what boy? I believe I gave it. Uh, the young boy gave it four and three quarters. Oh, insanity. I'm sure Alan's right, here, here, in that neighborhood, too. Here, here's his review, and you can see sort of what you okay. kind of disagree with. So... So this match was absolutely fantastic. Yoshino did everything he could to make T-Hawk look like a superstar. And in the end, even with the finish, uh, Yoshino retaining at the 30-minute mark, I think T-Hawk came out looking better. Yoshino was a total pro, and these two created magic. He was excellent at being the quicker and sharper of the two, but T-Hawk used his power and his charisma to charm the Kobe crowd. Yoshino skyrocketed up my greatest wrestler ever list with his performance. He had the crowd in the, uh, the, crowd in the palm of his hand, and boy, he worked them with every near fall and close submission. This is the, this is the best main event in, to a Kobe world I've ever seen. This match is nothing short of excellent and will finish in my top 10 this year. A great way to close out a great show. All right, a couple of things. Number one, um, I'm glad we we have him on board doing these Dragon Gate reviews because um, it, it's it's the kind of thing where I can't get onto the damn site. I can't get on Nico Nico. Well, we would have, we would have posted it like today or tomorrow morning. Right, and I couldn't get to it. And he yeah. watched them live, and he's very knowledgeable on the product, and he's passionate Absolutely. about the product. And um, there are no egos here. I have no problem handing off the Dragon Gate reviews to the young boy because um, I, quite frankly, I think he can do a better job than me. 
And, you know, I've, there's no shame in me saying that. So I'm glad he's on board. I have to disagree with just about everything he said. I, the one thing that really had me shaking my head as you were reading that is uh, Yoshino really made T-Hawk look like a superstar. I thought T-Hawk – this was the least uh, – uh, he, he's never looked less like a star than he did in this match. This was his chance to look like uh, uh, an enormous star and more of a star than he's ever looked in his career. But I thought they fell – both of them fell flat on their face here. I thought – like I said, I think T-Hawk's stock went down with this match. Look – Maybe I'm out to lunch. I don't know. I haven't read anybody else's reviews on this. So I, you know, maybe, maybe I'm out on an island, but I just, I was not feeling this match, man. I just was not feeling this match whatsoever. All right. So you want to jump back to the Brave Gate? Uh, yeah. So the Brave Gate, and I guess I didn't see the final three matches technically. I just watched the three. Those were the three uh, links that I had. So, okay. Because um, I guess this went on fourth, third, or fourth. This was third. This is third. So you missed a few, a little, a few things in between, but we'll talk about them here in a little so bit. So the Brave Gate, this was Tazawa and Aita. To me, this was probably my favorite match on the show. I did like the tag match a lot, too. I gave this match and the tag match four stars. The main event, I didn't even think about a star rating for it. Maybe two and a half or three. Um, probably three because I do – when I, when I rate matches, I do value work rate. I do value when, when wrestlers work hard. I have respect for wrestlers – that work hard and put their bodies on the line for paying customers and the paying fan. And they worked hard. They just didn't compel me. Um, so I, I would go three. Uh, these two matches, the, the, the Brave Gate and the, and the Twin Gate, I went four. I didn't think there – at least from the matches that I saw, I did not see a great match on this show, which is why I disagree with Alan that it was the greatest Dragon Gate match, uh, Dragon Gate card of all time. Um, the, the, the Brave Gate and the Twin Gate – were very good matches, you know, three and three quarters, four in that neighborhood. Um, look, Tazawa, you want to talk about a guy who came off like a star? He, yeah. he came off well, about a million times more of a star than T-Hawk did on this show. Well, no, I was going to say Aita was the one that I, 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 I left that. He came off I left this match saying, oh, my God, I hope he's in the main event. I hope they just all of a sudden say, you know what, Aita, you're going to the main event now. No, actually, forget it. You're, you're the actual the millennial we want. Because that's I, I went saying, oh, my God, Aita's so much better than T-Hawk right now. That's when I left. I was, oh, no. And that, that's not what I'm supposed to do at all. But. It's absolutely what I did. I thought he, I thought he was spectacular in this match. Because that was always, I mean, I, I, I speak so highly of him every single time I see him. But H, I thought was amazing in this match. I thought he was so, so, so good. I completely agree. And nobody connects with crowds in that company like Tazawa does. No, T Hawk isn't in even the same universe connecting with crowds in that company as Tazawa is. And if T Hawk's not careful, it's gonna be Tazawa. It's gonna be the top guy in that company for the next ten years because he's not exactly a hundred years old either. Okay. Um, and, and you have to feel like they're building up to his big win at some point. Um, but yeah, look, this match, like a lot of the Tazawa matches in his title, this is why he hasn't had a truly great match during his title run yet. All of his matches have been very good. I'm waiting for the great one. There's just something about they start slow. I, I, they start with his trademark silliness. And, and I don't mean that as a negative. I, you know, that's part of his appeal. But I really wish in one of these title defenses, I want to see him all business, bell to bell, yeah. in a big time title defense here against a big time rival, all business, bullshit aside. And and but but listen, 
you want I think that'll come with time. I think they're gonna build that to to whatever that I think they want you to make whatever match that is where he does that, which he absolutely will. There, there will be a match where he does it. That will be the one that you're supposed to really pay attention to go, okay, this is serious. This is really you know what? I'm I'm sure they'll build to that. I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be for the Brave Gate or maybe it'll be when he eventually goes, you know, for a bigger title or whatever, but I, I think I think you're gonna get that at some point. But I, I I do see what you're saying. Yeah, everyone sort of starts with uh you know, him jacking around for a little bit and then something happens and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah. And then I get serious. And then he went, you know, in the end he eventually wins. But yeah, the first like five to ten minutes are, you know, I'm kind of just out with a funny guy who does the, you know, the rope walk and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. And uh, but but I, I like this better than the main event because I thought there was better long term psychology here because um, if you remember back during the uh, Twin Gate battles that that Tazawa and Shingo had with Aita and T-Hawk. Um, you know, Tazawa was always the weak link of, of the team with Shingo yep. and he would always get caught in, uh, oh, what is, what is the name of that submission move that, uh, yeah, it's the arm bar, but I, yeah, I don't know what the hell it's called, uh, actually called, but, uh, I'll look it up right now. We, you, we are the worst here. Let's see. Um, the name of his, oh uh, God, there are other Aitas. No, you know, that, I looked up Aita on Dragon Gate and it's not good. That funky, um, everybody knows we don't know the names of moves. Um, but, uh, let, yeah, let's, let's, let's look it up for posterity here so uh the numero uno the numero uno there it is yeah well, that so, was the easiest one how do we you know but anyway yeah. he would you know Tazawa would always get trapped in the numero uno um and that and that and, and you know that came back into play here because then when Aita used that move in this match you saw how the crowd reacted to that they were like oh well this is this has put away Tazawa yeah, before. Yeah, you know there's a, we're gonna see a title change here you know and uh, that's what I was thinking too I was excited Rich well, and the whole yeah. the whole match worked on his arm as well. There was yes. a lot of stuff of it, you know, working. One, but somebody did mention this, and I I I haven't gone back and I think it was Striga, um, you know, the, one of the guys at uh, Cage Match and, and said that uh, <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to use the wrong arm when he did it. He he worked one arm and then used the other arm to do the submission. Well, the numero uno works both arms. Yeah, which is weird. Well, the, yeah, and yeah, I, I get well the primary arm though. You I always view it as pulling both Do arms you? backwards. Okay. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. I mean, um, it looks like he's pulling both arms. I guess arms. it's a scissored. It's a scissored arm bar. Yeah, so I guess either one. both yeah. arms backwards. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, because I didn't really I, I didn't really notice it, and that's why maybe that was one of the reasons why I didn't really seem to care that much. He he, he seemed to think that was kind of something that they sort of missed out on. But yeah, I, I didn't notice it on initial viewing, and I never went back and watched maybe it. Maybe I don't understand. Look, maybe I don't understand no, the move. I don't know. I'd have to, go, to, I'd me, have to really to go back and see it. it looks like he's move. cranking yeah. both of those arms. He's got the guy locked. I mean, it is a scissor. Yeah, it is a scissor arm bar. So yeah, I, I suppose that, yeah. So, I mean, he could be... I feel like the camera shot might show that there's one arm that he's really, you know, focusing on. But yeah, to be to be fair, there is, you know, he is pulling on both of them. Yeah, that, that's probably... Well, it, either it's way. possible, but I don't know. That's I, I have no idea. It was a little thing that it didn't when I it, it, watching it originally. It, it, not, it didn't bother me at all. Um, I wouldn't have noticed. I always thought the move was just on both shoulders. So <laughs> uh, maybe I'm out to lunch on that. But uh, the point is, you know, they they built the whole match up to that spot, and that's based on months and months and months and months of storytelling. So I thought that was clever too. And then, you know, we talked about the closing stretch of the main event, which was excellent, but not enough to save the match, in my opinion. Closing stretch in this match was beyond excellent. Oh, it was just these are two guys who are so good that you know it's just the things that they were doing with the lightning speed that they were doing them. You know, this is the kind of thing where you know this is when Dragon Gate crosses over from pro wrestling into absolute art, and that's that's what the closing stretch was in this match. So, 
that running Canadian destroyer thing that hates it. I don't know if he's got a name for that. Oh my god! Like I, I must have rewatched that like seven times just to see how the hell he did and this. Then and then Tozawa you know, with like the snap German suplex, which I thought. Oh was yeah, be a yeah. Fall and then it just it, you know the complexity to that to that series of spots, all of them. Um, it's just it's just next level complexity. It's like you, you know, even if you don't like the style, you have to have an appreciation for for uh, for, for 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 when you when you see these guys do things like that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I liked it. I liked it. I you know, it was, was probably I probably liked it a little bit more than the tag title match. But um, but yes, yeah, so there you go. All right, so, uh, this is a match you missed, and I, I'm afraid you, this would be. <laughs> And with, oh, this must not have been on the link you, you got or whatever. But this is this is right up your alley, Joe. And this is my second favorite match of the entire night. Shingo teaming with Masato Tanaka versus BB Hulk and fucking Big R Shimizu. I, know, I cannot wait to see this. And you're gonna love hope, it. You're, it's it's awesome. Hopefully, it's it Masato Tanaka for me and helps it out because. Oh my god, Masato Tanaka is so good, and especially in this universe of Dragon Gate. Yeah, he needs to come here all the time. Like I, maybe not a full time. But just seeing Masato Tanaka, the take no shit Masato Tanaka in this like Dragon Gate universe, like this is he he was he was the take no shit Tanaka against you know BB Hulk and Big R Shimizu, which I mean those guys aren't really like your your typical you know kind of jokey sort of dragon. Like I I, I would I'm killing I'm dying to see Masato Tanaka in a tag with with you know Hollywood Stalker or or any one of the Mad Blank or one of those guys because it would just be. So so good, and he he was spectacular here. Uh, the Shingo and Big R Shimizu stuff was great. You know, just chopping so you want to see him other. against Mondai Ryu? Or, oh yeah, or, I mean, come or, on, or like, Yusuke Santa Maria, like his like, reaction to see him to do, like the freaking like rubber band thing to him, and he just like grabs it and then just like chops somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just yeah. he like he's just gonna he would fit so well in that because it's such a different diverse thing, and it's it's you know Shingo does it to an extent, but then you see a, a real guy like Masato Tanaka who's really really awesome at that, and and there's other vet, the veteran presence as well, the fact that he's kind of an older guy, you know, he's similar to what you get with the Don Fuji, but with a little bit, I mean, Don Fuji is so immobile at this point, and he really can't do a whole lot, where Masato Tanaka is still ungodly, you know, the un, the ageless man who can do everything and still do the attitude, you know. Don't you perfect. start throwing shade at Don Fuji now. No, I love, no, I'm going to talk about Don Fuji here in a moment. He had the the spot of the night that you missed I'm not well going to tolerate shade being thrown at oh, Don Oh, no, Fuji. I love, you know, stop, you know I love Don Fuji. I got to nip that shit right in the bud. You know I stop. You know I love Don Fuji. Right, so you go ahead. But when you see Masato Tanaka in this, you'll say, "Oh my god!" Like because it's 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 Don Fuji who can still move with the best of them. Because Tanaka just never ever gets old. Let me like, tell you, Masato Tanaka. Let me tell you something. He's forty five, right? And he's so good. Um, he's so like in this match. He's easily the best guy in this match. Know, like far and away, every, the best guy in this match. Every time I see, I've seen him this year. He's blown my fucking doors off. And no matter what match he was in, no matter what company he's in. Well, somebody sent us one from a zero one. It's uh, Fujita Jr. And, and, and him. I haven't had a chance to watch I that yet. I haven't watched but it either, but I can't very highly to as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was on 7-6 or uploaded. I don't know the date on the match. It's from zero one. Masato Tanaka versus uh, Fujita Jr. Hayato, um, who I always like when I manage to see him. But he's a guy that you need a search party to find him. Um, but yeah, Tanaka, no matter where he, you know, no matter where he wrestles. You know, I saw him have a match against uh, Shingo on, yeah. uh, you know, earlier this year, which was a great match. His tag stuff with with Dang and Yankees is always great. Um, you know, it's it's he's a guy who never fails to deliver. And you know, if I do take part in that greatest wrestler ever thing over on uh, Pro Wrestling Only, which I'm still not sure if I can dedicate myself to it and do it properly, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that guy lands, you know, close or in my top twenty of all time. He's that good. I mean, you look at his body of work over his career. And how he's sort of had this second career 
after his first career, and uh, both of his careers have been excellent. He's arguably doing the best work of his life now. He's yeah. done it in all sorts of different styles. I'm excited, man. Now you've got me hyped up for this match. Oh, this is this is going to be your favorite match the entire night, I think. And maybe not. No, I'll, I'll reel that in a little bit. It won't be your favorite. This is how it probably will be, but this will be this will be second or third, no doubt. I mean, you, you'll I, I think you'll love Can't it. Can't wait. I'd be I'd be shocked if you don't like it. Absolutely shocked. All right, move on to the triangle gate here. This is one you did not see, correct? I did not see the triangle. You missed absolutely my. <laughs> I hated this match. I know some people enjoyed it. You want to talk about endlessly long and boring? <sighs> Wait till you get you a know, hold of this. Triangle match. gate, triangle gate matches are like that sometimes. They just this was one of those. This was one of where it's just like needlessly long, a lot, way more comedy than you need. And like, I don't mind a little comedy. It's obviously Dragon Gate, but the first like fifteen minutes were straight comedy, and and they're brawling all over the crowd. Like they go immediately to the crowd, and I'm just like, oh no! Like they they brawl all over, and they do a bunch of stuff, and they they try to set up spots outside of the the, the crowd too, and it, it's just it none of it works, and it's really the first. You know, I, I I don't even know how long it went. It felt like it went about forty five minutes, but the first. 15 minutes or whatever are just are really really boring it got there towards the end and, and the spot of the night and I, I should mention the guys it's Shima Gamma and uh, Don Fuji against uh, Mochizuki Dragon Kid KZ and then Ryo Jimmy Saito Jimmy Sumu and Genki Horiguchi um where you guys the spot of the night though <laughs> so all the guys are on the outside and uh one by one guys are doing dives to the outside you know typical kind of kind of triangle gate stuff the last guy in the ring is Don Fuji all the guys are standing up and they're looking at Don Fuji and going oh my god <laughs> He bounces off the ropes like he's going to do a plancha. He gets to the end of the ropes and he stops and he goes, mm, like he kind of goes, no, I can't, I can't do that. Then he goes to the top rope and he's like teetering off the top rope. And I'm like, oh my God, Don Fuji, don't go off the top rope. He's on the top rope for a few seconds, then goes, eh, I can't really do that either. And then he walks on the apron and just like falls on everybody. That sounds It was the spot of the incredible. night. I, was just, I, I like, I, 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 nobody gifted, I don't think. And I, I watched that like 20 times and I was just laughing my ass off. Cause like he, he hints at the plancha and I'm like, oh no, my God, Don Fuji, I can even do it. And I'm I was like, oh, okay. He's not going to do that. Then he goes to the top rope, and he's up there for a while, and he's all like, I'm going to fucking do this. Like, let's do this. And and then, uh, no, I, I can't do that either. So then he just, like, goes to the apron, runs at a Don Fuji speed, and then just kind of falls on everybody. Well, I, fall I cannot it's, wait it's, to see that spot. It's that spectacular. You're going to laugh your ass off. Yeah, you're, you're going to love it. Uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. But The rest of the match is fucking awful. Well, a lot of times what happens with Not this, fucking awful. I should, I should reel that in. Not awful, but just not my cup of tea. Well, a lot of times with these triangle gate matches, especially on these big shows, is it's kind of just a collection of guys who they throw into the match because they have nothing else to do. And when the triangle gate matches are uninspired and don't have a good story behind them, they're, they're oftentimes need Needlessly long, like you're saying, yeah. drawn out, and just just nothing there. So I, I kind of I, I've seen that kind of of triangle gate match before. So um, all right, well I'll give it a shot though, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think you'll come away with a similar opinion to me, but I'll be willing to be told wrong. But anyway, now we'll move on to uh, all the matches that you've now seen. Well, no, we only have one left to go because we talked about the main event already. Uh, the Open the Twin Gate Championship, it was Yamato, Noriki Doi versus Ricochet and Matt Seidel, who are an awesome, awesome team. God, I love those two back in Dragon Gate. Yeah, I thought this match... They're such a good one-two punch. This was a weird match for me because I thought all four guys were so awesome in their roles in this match. But... The match should, and 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 when that happens, the match should be great. But I didn't think it wasn't that. Yeah, it was, it was, a great it was match. just. Okay. That was a very good match. Uh, you know, three and three quarters, four stars, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but it was weird because all four. I thought all four guys individually were great. And let me tell you something about this Yamato. Okay, this Yamato is something else. I mean, I I know that he's great, and I always feel like I say the same thing about him. But it's like I forget how great he is or something because every time I watch this guy, I'm like, 
there are like he's like the top fraction of a percentile in the world at professional wrestling. This guy is so good and he understands his role and he understands his character so well and he does little subtle things so well that it's just, I, I, it, and, and I don't know why but we'll, we'll, we'll review a Dragon Gate show a month from now and I'm going to go through this same rant like, like yeah. I just realized it again because that's what happens with this guy every time but he's so good and I thought that uh, Seidel and Ricochet the two of them but especially Seidel Seidel was so good in this match selling a beating uh, you know, first that really long stretch, uh, you know, where he took the Ricky Morton beating during the first uh, part of the match. And then later on as well, the way he bumps and the way he flops around and the way he lands after his bumps is is just he's it's just something he excels in. And uh, that's what I loved. That's what I loved about his WWE run. I thought he was so good when he got in there with like bigger guys, you know, in those random, you know, money in the bank, you know, multi-man matches. Or whatever. He was so good at it. I thought he had a great, great run. You know, a lot of people, you know, expected him to be, you know, top of the line and, you know, WWE or whatever. And, you know, oh, he's going to win, you know, all these titles or whatever. I never thought he was going to do that. I thought he was perfect for his role. I thought he was really, really good in there until they stopped using him completely. And then, you know, of course, that wasn't very good. But otherwise, I enjoyed his role. I thought he was great. Yeah. And then uh, you had Ricochet here who, I mean, he's Ricochet. And now that he's back in Japan, you know, I'm expecting him to really take off in the second half of the year. Um, You know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's. He was excellent down the stretch in this match, and you know he was excellent on that first hot tag, and then um, you know the fin- he was great. Him and Yamato have tremendous chemistry; they work together so well. Yeah, they do. And they, they really and do. they did again here in this match. And Doi is just such a fucking asshole. You you want Doi <laughs> to get his face kicked, especially with that new hair. That new hair just makes me hate him even more. You know, so- like- somebody needs to take T Hawk, lock him in a room, and watch heel Doi tapes. That's what that's what needs to be done here, um, you know. Unless the idea is for T Hawk to do like this heel thing, where in reality he's just working as a heel to get over as a face. You know what I mean? And if that's the case, that's not working either. Um, I hate to start burying him again, but I just re- he left me with a real bad taste in my mouth. Um, but but yeah, all four guys here just just nailed their roles. But there was just a little something lacking from the match to take it from. It very was good weird to like great. that. It wasn't a great yeah. match. Yeah, it was it was I don't know why. I can't really put my finger on it when it was over either. I was like, I enjoyed that, but yeah, I really, really thought I was gonna enjoy it a lot more, especially when you look at the names and and I had forgot this match was a part of it. You know, we didn't do a preview last week, so when I'm going through the matches, I said, Oh, what match am I missing here? And you know, these guys come out and I go, Oh my god, this is gonna be spectacular. Like I I I came in with ungodly high expectations and it was it was fine. It was good. I would even say, you know, very good, but it wasn't like I, I expected like this was easily going to be my match of the night blow away. No, nothing was going to come close. And, and it wasn't quite there. I, I still enjoyed it a lot. But yeah, I, and, and Ricochet in particular, I, I, you know, I mentioned on Twitter and, and, you know, I had a little some people kind of responded to me and and and, and justifiably so I understand, you, you know, the whole about Lucha Underground and how, you know, Prince Puma under the mask and and how, you know, it just sucks his charisma we've talked about this before and, and i know it's not a realistic possibility that on lucha underground he'd probably lose his mask at any point and um cubs fan actually went on to our, our forums and had a long discussion about you know why that would never happen for lucha underground, which by the way they have three episodes left and no season two signed yet so maybe uh well, you know we shouldn't care too much about merchandising in the future and all that sort of stuff because we're uh quickly approaching and i believe uh, last week's observer uh the the talent was told you know what take bookings for september if you want that's that's okay that's always a great sign yeah, you know what? You know, we you know how we said don't take bookings in September. Yeah, maybe you can. We didn't. We didn't predict this two months ago or anything. So you know, but I'm not going to rub it in because 
I, I want to see it continue. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I would love to I see, don't yeah. take any glee in this whatsoever, but we saw the writing on the wall. Um, you know, but there are some segments of Lucha Underground fans who are like a notch above the TNA fans. I mean, we've seen it. They're just they're 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 crazy. They're delusional and they, they don't they don't they don't understand logic or reason. Um, not all of them, but there's a certain segment of them that we've dealt with. But um, uh, yeah, I was getting off topic there, but yeah, Ricochet, the, the, the amount of charisma that that guy has without his mask and and what he can sort of do, he just seems more comfortable in the ring. He seems more comfortable. You know, and and he was super over. I mean, they announced his name, and he's the fans love him. They absolutely love him. You know, he's a good looking dude. You know, has a great smile and that sort of stuff. And and just just exudes so much more charisma when you can see his face. And that's not that's not the case always for every guy. I mean, some guys don't lose a whole lot. He is just like night and day when he's under that mask. I feel like it's a waste of time even going down this road, but um, because I don't think the promotion is going to survive, and I think even if they do survive, it won't go beyond the second season. Um, but I, I completely agree. I, I haven't read Cub, Cubs fans post yet, and I'm sure it makes a lot of sense from, you know, selling of masks and things of that standpoint. Is that sort of the road he goes down? It's 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 that, and it's also the the story that they've sort of sure. told from the beginning is that you know this guy he came from you know his former Aztec warrior, right? right you know I get it. that sort of and stuff. Look, that if he unmasks and he's just a you know a guy from Kentucky, it's kind of you know it ruins it. I think you can still kind of tell that story. You look, know, you I know. don't I don't even disagree with that. But no, I, I I'm from, with him from, as well. But from a traditional me viewing it from the lens of a 30 year wrestling fan who knows mm-hmm. what, who knows who I think has a decent feel for what gets over and what doesn't. I don't have any doubt in my mind that Ricochet would get over better than Prince Puma. And yeah. really, isn't that the bottom line here? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't it, you know, creating stars and getting people over. But again, I feel like that's a waste of time in the context of Lucha Underground because I mean, forty thousand people watching the show every week. And and I, he sort of prefaced that as well. He he had this nice long post, you know, discussing all the things, and then goes, "Yeah, we probably shouldn't even talk about what they're going to do because, you know, they, the they there's a good chance they're not going to exist." But yeah, I, I was a similar thought as well. And I, and he's absolutely right with everything he says, and I I totally get why they do that. But then it's sort of like. Man, you really didn't need Ricochet if that you know you know what I mean. Like if you're just gonna say we just need a guy under a mask to tell this story that can do some okay matches and and do this sort of stuff, then it's like and that's my thought is well you have this guy who who without this mask just exudes charisma. He's one of the best wrestlers at least for me in the world. He's a super high flyer. You know at this point last year he was he was arguably the most outstanding wrestler in the world. You could you could make a case for wrestler of the year and that sort of stuff. And you put him under a mask and it and it it just destroys a lot of what makes him good. To me, you wouldn't do that. You, to me, you would say, okay, let's maximize the value of this guy that we have. We're paying him a lot of money. We're doing all this. Let's maximize him. But I, that's not the story they want to tell. And I, I and I get it from that standpoint. But yeah, like you said, from a wrestling fan standpoint and, and from if I was a promoter, I would say, no, let's I'm paying this guy. Let's maximize what he does best versus let's do what I want for the story or let's creative wants this for him. So it's, 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 it's very similar to what we, you know, we get that from, you know, Vince Russo always had the idea. Well, why, you know, why don't I just get a bunch of, you know, actors and actresses and and do it without wrestlers or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you could do that, but that's kind of silly. And, and, you know, a lot of times he wouldn't maximize what his guys were good at. And that's, I feel like what Lucha Underground to an extent is doing if they continue Prince Puma as he is, because you're not maximizing what you can get out of the value of Ricochet, which no, you're not. is and just the, diminished with, with Prince Puma. And the bottom line is, look, we weren't saying this you know, originally, or we weren't screaming at his vehemently, to be fair, but the fact of the matter is, you can look at your results and, and it just hasn't worked. They've, they, look at it this way. 
they've pushed Prince Puma harder than anybody on the show, right? I mean, he was the first champion oh, and everything yeah. else. He's the one linked with Conan. But I would argue he's the fourth or fifth most over person on the roster. Well, if you've pushed him the hardest and he hasn't gotten – and there's four or five people who have gotten over more than him, then it hasn't worked. Something's not clicking there. So why can't you just press the reset button on the dude if you believe it? Look, have the fucking monster gimmick eat him or something. Kill Prince Puma, and then Ricochet could show up next season. What? What's the? You know what I mean? Like you can do that. Well, and, and another the, thing the as well. The Lucha Underground I, world is so silly to begin with. That is it really that outlandish that you can kill the character off and just bring him back as somebody? Or else? just take his mask. I mean, I and, and that's another thing. I I I, I suppose I, I probably didn't preface enough is that I think you just take the mask off and still have him be Prince. I don't think it really. The look of him doesn't look like this is just a random dude from Kentucky. No, it doesn't look like an Aztec warrior or whatever. But. You know, he can still be the same thing. Just I just think that mass just kills so much about him. I don't need him cutting 20-minute promos. I'm fine if Conan's his, his mouthpiece or if you need to have him, you know, have a mouthpiece or whatever. But, yeah, just the mass just seems to – and you see it, and it's evident when you see his work in Japan and how over he is. And he goes in there immediately. I mean, New Japan, they're going to highlight – you know, one of the biggest highlights now with the G1 Finals that was announced, you know, this past week is that he's going to take on Kushida for the, for the junior heavyweight title. It's like this guy goes to Japan, and he's a superstar, and then he comes back, you know, to here and, and – and he's on a major national TV show, and he's he's a blip on the radar, and that's just it's it's just not look right. Looking at it from these two angles too. Answer these two questions honestly. If he didn't get the mega push, would he be as over as he would he be as over as he is? Would he have gotten over on his own without the push in that character with that character? Probably not. No. And if it was anybody else under that mask, any decent flyer from Mexico, and there's tons of them. Any decent flyer and uh, another indie worker from the United States, and there's tons of them. If it was Shinron under that mask, would he be over any less? I don't think he would be. No, no, and th- and that's what I meant. You're not maximizing the value of who you got. You could have gotten a Shinron if you if you really cared. You could have gotten any thousand number of guys that that are in decent shape and good high flyers and, and put them under the, if, if that's the the prevailing thought is well no Prince Puma is all about the story that goes into him and that stuff and I'm not arguing with the Cubs fan I think he's absolutely right within the, what Lucha Underground is probably thinking and how they sort of operate their business so I'm not I'm not attacking him or, or saying he's wrong or whatever I get why they do that but yeah you, you look at it and you go you, you know what, what's the value then of it being Ricochet why, it, it could be anybody then if, if the story and, and the whole thing is well we want to sell masks and we want to tell the story of this Aztec warrior and all this sort of stuff then why is it you know it doesn't have to be Ricochet then 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 you know what you're you're losing money because you could have Ricochet and somebody under Prince Puma then this is a you know what I mean like you you could have this is you absolutely anybody you could have had yeah. Prince Puma and Ricochet this is a promotion with a flesh eating monster a, a, <laughs> hold on now this is a promotion with a flesh eating monster a a a blo- a dragon that has blood flowing out of his mouth. And um, and and Matt Stryker pretending he doesn't know who Davari is, even though he worked in the right. same company with him for six years. <laughs> and Pentagon Jr. lighting uh, or nearly lighting left Vampire and, on and fire. And you're as well. telling me that you can't have Prince Puma in a backstage segment peel that fucking mask off and say, you know what, Conan, uh, we tried this. It isn't working. This isn't me. I'm Ricochet. Everybody knows I'm Ricochet. And then you put the heat on Conan's character. You know what I mean? You can get away from that. You can just have them take the fucking mask off. You have dragons in your promotion that fly <laughs> to the building. You have monsters that eat people's faces. You've killed characters. You're telling you have Mil who died and then came back yes. and then reincarnated with other members of the dead. Bale <laughs> is dead. 
The man is dead. He was eaten by another wrestler. And you're telling me that you can't have a guy simply remove his mask and 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 change course? I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Uh, there's no reason they can't do that. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, you know that. You know. But you're abs- I'm right with you with that. They're not maximizing Ricochet at all. And quite honestly, this is almost. It almost feels like doing an intense breakdown of character directions in TNA. What the fuck is the point? I mean, at the end of the day, there's really no point. But, um, you know, we're we're a niche podcast that does niche things. So, yeah, you know, that's what as, we do. You know, so there <laughs> you have it. And that's Kobe World. Any, any final thoughts before we get out and move on to G1 here? Well, look, I, I need to see the rest of the show because if I really love the rest of the show, look, it's not like I thought everything on the show was bad. I have two matches here that are in the four-star range. I think that Shingo Tanaka will help out a lot. I, I think that tag match will help out a lot. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if anything else is really going to make you – I mean, that match I think will, will, will at least put it to a positive show for you. So I think you'll really like that. So over, well, you saw the whole show. Overall, thumbs up or thumbs down? Very. I'll give it a thumbs up. Overall, a thumbs up. I don't know if it was a spectacular show. I thought it was solid. Everything was, everything hit a level of, of good, I thought. There was nothing that was truly awful or nothing that I was you know, absolutely rolling my eyes at. It was very good, very solid show. One of the best Dragon Gate shows I've ever seen. Eh, I don't know about that. I think it was better than last year's Kobe World, but probably not better than two years Kobe ago. Kobe World was correct. slightly disappointing last year. Last year was not great. And this it, it is, with, without a doubt, better than last year. I will, give, I will absolutely okay. say well, that. I'm definitely I'm, – I'm 1 million percent going to watch the rest of it as soon as I'm able to. And um, you know, I guess we'll move on. Next week, we'll talk about some of the uh, Big Japan matches from that show. Yes, yeah. Sumo Hall. So, but uh, what do you want to do next? Uh, the the G one climax. Yeah, let's talk G one. Okay. Yeah, let's talk G one climax night one. So, Joe, uh, this happened on Sunday. By the time we're recording this, uh, the, the J- day two would have already happened. It'll happen uh, as we're recording. It'll happen the next early morning. So, we're not going to talk anything about that or preview that because it'll all be moot by the time you listen to this. But anyway, yeah, we'll talk about a little night one here. Uh, thoughts on night one before we kind of get down to uh, match by match. I did not see the little uh, pre-show and, and, and pre-G1 match stuff. So I don't know if you want to talk about those. I, I skipped those and I just watched the G1 matches. So I don't know if there's anything you needed to say about those. Well, see, um, you know, I think, you know, people who skipped those matches missed two of the better matches on the show. Um, That's what I've heard. Yeah, I should probably go back at some point and check them out. But I, I really thought the opener was uh, a very good match. And then I thought the uh, the final match before intermission, uh, the two matches after that were nothing matches, um, the two tag match. But then the final match before intermission, the Michael Elgin debut, I thought was an excellent match too. That was a ton of fun and was probably the third best match on the show um, with, the, with the opener being the fourth best match on the show, the opener eight-man tag being the fourth best match on the show. So... And, and, and what, I, what, what I didn't notice that they had done and that we didn't notice either when we were going over the cards, on these undercards with the tag matches, with the opposite blocks, the opponents on the next show are facing each other in those tags. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if we noticed it's that. Been, and I went and checked, and that's how they've booked it out. So, uh, you know, Kojima – So you always have a build. You always have a build. Yes, they're the always building for the next night. Like Kojima and Ishii had people real excited because they were going at it. And had a pull apart brawl after their match, and they face each other on tonight's show. So they've they've set everything else set everything up in that manner. Elgin was on the opposite side of Okada, and so on and so forth, all the way down the line. Uh, Goto with Yujiro. So um, you know that's an interesting way to book it out. Um, it, that adds a little something to these undercards, and and you know half of those matches were good. Um, but as far as and Elgin, I just wanted to say I thought he looked excellent in his debut, and this isn't me doing shtick. 
Um, you know, I lay it on a little thick sometimes, but you know, what a great debut for him because the match was clearly laid out for him to shine, to get him over with the Japanese fans. Cause the Japanese fans have no idea who he is. He gets no reaction when they announce him for the matches. They don't know who he is. And, uh, he was given a lot of shine in his match and he performed very well. And I'm actually much more confident that I was confident he was going to have good matches with the good workers, uh, you know, before I saw that match. Now I'm, I'm 100% confident he's going to have good matches with the good workers. I have no worries about Mike Elgin uh, moving forward. But uh, I guess you just want to jump right into the uh, the G1 matches, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go right now. Uh, these were obviously all A-block matches. Uh, we started off with the, the G1 opener for this night was uh, Hiroshi Tenzan versus Doc Gallows. This... Uh, I thought it was pretty terrible. I don't know what your thoughts were. I uh, there was nothing here, and we we kind of assumed this was going to be not very good. And yeah, it's, I I I hated. I thought there was just nothing, nothing here for me. Look, we said before the tournament. I think every time you brought up a Doc Gallows match, I said, look, I have zero confidence in this guy. None, zilch, zero, nada. Until he shows that he could have a good singles match, and um, this was not a good start for him. This match, I thought. Um, I said at the time that it was uh, in real time on Twitter that I thought it would have been the la- the worst match in last year's tournament. And I think Dave Meltzer said something similar, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think there's no question about that. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, you know, I didn't think it was super terrible like a lot of people did. Um, you know, I gave it two star. I called it a two-star special on Twitter when I was live tweeting. And I got ripped to shreds by people. Oh, well, if that's two stars, uh, I'd hate to see what a dud looks like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, uh, that doesn't I didn't like the match. I thought it was, you know, like I said, it would have been the worst match in last year's tournament. Um, Duds are like comically bad. That, that's how I've always comically bad, like the junkyard dog moon dog spot match we talked about last week or Jenna Marasco versus um, who did, those are duds. And, you know, a one star match would be something that where it's massively flawed, where the performances are awful. These guys, I thought, were just, they were just painfully mediocre, and the match was boring, and I didn't think they were blowing spots or tripping over themselves. Like, I can't go any lower than two on something. Eh, a little two-star match. And, you know, it's funny because this ended up being a pretty divisive match. <laughs> as the Some week people went. loved it. There Some were people, people really who liked it. it, which blows my mind. I don't know who those Taylor people Mitchell, are. You need to get your head. Taylor Mitchell gave it three and a half stars. He said he really liked it. Um, you know, there were other people I saw who said, um, I can't think of them all the time. I had random people on Twitter or certain reviews where they said, oh, that was a surprisingly good match. So it's like, wow, that match, this match, which I thought universally was going to get destroyed, ended up being all over the map. I mean, there were people who genuinely liked it, which blows my mind. There was nothing to like here. What was there to like about this match? I don't know. Yeah, those, I, I, I don't know. I mean, know. you I flat out hated it, and... Yeah. And I just thought it was I, the most I, mediocre I, thing of all time. I mean, what it was there to like. Yeah, I, I, I'll move on because I, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. And I'm not going to go and rewatch I'm gonna it. Say, and I'll tell you, want, so. Tenzan's next match is against Tanahashi. Okay? And it's the main event because it's in one of those smaller cities. I guarantee you that's going to be a good match at minimum. Okay. So I don't blame this on Tenzon at all because we've seen Tenzon step up again. The problem is Tenzon is never going to have good matches against guys like Doc Gallows at this stage yeah, of his career. Yeah, and that's and that's could because for me one of the big things that that I got out of it was obviously Doc Gallows and, and I know, but Tenzon looked very very slow and very you know, and that could just be he realized hey, it's me and Doc Gallows, we're in the opener, 
I, I don't need to go full out here. I'm, I'll, I'll save my body for Tanahashi. I'll do it, whatever. Because I don't think he was great here either, he but I understand no, what listen, you're saying. I'm not saying that he was good. By no means am I saying I'd let he seemed like he was. He seemed like he was half effort, Tenzon. And I hope that's not going to – and I don't think it will. Both of them I think looked once like they the big, were in quicksand. Yeah, exactly. And that that just – it really, really hurt the match for me. So, yeah. No, I I, I still have confidence that Tenzon, when the time comes, will we'll, we'll do well. But, man, he looked slow, really slow here. And Doc Gallows. look at the rest of the block, though, too. I think there's some more awful matches in Tenzon's future. The yes, this is, is a, I think this he's going to have sneak- good matches with the good workers. I really yeah, do. this is a sneaky bad block. I know. And we sort of mentioned it. But really, after this first night, it was like, oh, it's yeah, this is, this is going to be pretty bad. Some, some of these nights are going to be pretty awful and hard to get through. It's but that's top right. heavy because the other block has all of the quality filler. Your Nagatas, your Kojimas, yeah. the guys you can count on to always give you a solid performance. While this block has a lot of bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. I'll move on to the next match. It was Togi Makabe versus Toro Yano. I thought this was surprisingly okay. I thought Yano did pretty well. Um, I'm not going to say it was very good, but yeah, I'd probably go like, you know, two and a half, three stars. I mean, not even two and a, yeah, about there. I mean, it was fine. I thought Yano played his character well, and it's sort of the, a lot of playing off, you know, what he did last year in the G1. And, and I like the fact that he went for the low blow, got the pin, but Makabe kicked out, and then sort of. We got, you know, so we had a little hint towards what, oh, is Yano going to go on his little run like he did last year? And I think pretty easily they said, no, 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 probably not. He's probably going to lose a lot of his matches. So that was kind of cool to see. And, and and I thought Yano was fine here. I thought he was OK. And, and Makabe was was all right as well. It wasn't uh, good by any means, but I thought it was uh, was OK. I thought, And that's all you could really ask for Togi Makabe and, and Toru Yano. Yeah, this was it was fine. It was I thought Yano actually I thought Yano was excellent in this match. And I'm not usually as high on him as some other people are. I like him in small doses. I don't like him in these kind of settings because it's fuck. I can't take Yano every night. But I like him in small doses, and I thought he was excellent here. I thought uh, Makabe was fine here. And I think you nailed it. It was a two-and-a-half, three-star match. It was an okay match. It didn't offend me at all. And I, I was entertained by it. And, uh, you know, there's not a ton else that I can say about it. Yeah, I liked uh, Yano ducking the uh, the, the clotheslines from Makabe. That was kind of funny, and then sort of pointing and laughing at him or whatever, and just getting Makabe yeah, more upset. It, it was, fun. It that was, was cool. a fun little match, and, yeah. and and like you said, I like how they teased the immediate roll up because he won a few matches like that last. And year. I was like, oh no, he's not going to do this again. Oh, and then like, okay, no, he's yeah. not. And then Makabe just can't clothesline the shit out of him and said, no, you, no, I'm winning. You're not going to win. And the, I thought that was kind of cool. I'll move on now. Naito versus Balak Fale. Naito continuing his descent into heeldom. He walked out with the uh, the suit and skull mask. Again, I'm not going to say the name. Oh, do we? People got really mad at us for saying the names. Joe, have they you got it? Mad at us. They were just laughing at us. No, I know, um, I know. In Gonorables, in 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 Grenobles. That's in Grenobles, worse than it was. In Grenobles, in 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 Gobernables. Nobles. In in Gobernables. In Nobles. There it is. In Gobernables. Yep. Not Gobbler though, right? Like it is Gobernables. In Gobernables. In Yep. In Gobernables. Nailed it. Okay. We'll have this conversation next week. It's, I'm never gonna I'm never getting it right again, but <laughs> we'll discuss this next week. Isn't it what what is it? What's the tra- what does that translate to? Ingovernables? Uh the ingovernables, yeah. We're, let's call them the ingovernables. I'm gonna stick with that. Ingovernables. Let's do that. You know, let's just be terrible Americans. Guys. Yeah, yeah, we're white bread Americans. We're, we're not gonna I'm not gonna that's learn your it. language. We're a couple gringos. You learn my language, goddammit. That's right. The two gringos here, we're going with ingovernables, <laughs> which isn't even a word. But we're going to go with ingovernables because these men yeah, cannot be governed, Rich. This, no, they cannot. This is like – like is Dylan Hales in this faction. He is a man who does not want to be I was going to say yes, yeah. He is an anarchist. Uh, it's, the, it's the ingovernables. It's the Dylan Hales faction. So I'm going to call it that from now on. Anyway. Um, you hated it and I liked it. 
Yeah, let, let's, let's talk. Argue. Yeah, I didn't. I did not like it. The biggest thing with me, and, and I know this is probably going to be Naito was fine. I thought Naito was okay. Uh, the biggest thing for me is I think Folly sucks, and I know there's a lot of people that think he's great, and and you know he does his character well, and he does the big man well. I think he fucking sucks at it. I think he can't run. He's so out of shape these days. He was tripping over himself, and there are going to be people that say, well, he's big and he's clumsy, and he's supposed to be big and clumsy. It, no, I, I'm not going to listen to that because he, the guy cannot run the ropes. He can't stand without falling over himself. And his offense is, is he, he's supposed to be a big man. And none of the offense, other than the bad luck fall, which I, I like that they kind of tease towards that. The rest of it is just kind of like very soft sort of punches and stuff. And then some rest holds. And he just doesn't come across as a giant to me. The only thing that he comes across as a giant is he's so hard to make him fall down because it takes so long for him to fall down. And that, that's the biggest. I, I, I hate him. And I think this is awful. And, and the closing stretch was embarrassing. So go on. <laughs> I thought I was well on my way to really loving the match until the until the finish. The finish was horrendous. And it, it, it pretty much ruined the match. But I thought Naito was excellent here. Naito was great. Naito was fantastic. Really he was coming into dealing with a 500 pound broomstick, though I thought. Yeah, and but I I liked his plan, you know, chopping down the legs. Yeah, and I thought Fale, who again, look, I call him bad match Fale. I'm no fan of his, and he gets worse and worse as he gains more weight because he becomes more and more immobile. But I thought he was pretty good here, selling uh, the fact that he was a big man getting his legs chopped out from underneath him. And not going down right away. And I thought that the bad luck fall teases were excellent. And I'll tell you, we were all upset a couple of years ago. And we were not upset, but we were all kind of thought it was kind of silly. That Remember when Fale went through that stretch of about two straight tours where he beat everybody with the bad luck fall and they all did stretcher jobs? Yeah. And it was like – it kind of got goofy. Tomayaki Hanma, that guy must have did ten stretcher jobs from, from the bad <laughs> luck fall. But I'll tell you what that did. One thing about New Japan, you know, people complain about wrestling, constant kickouts of kickouts of finishers, this and that, especially WWE. New Japan, with aside from the uh, Bomaye, really protects their finishers very well. Yes, and this is one of the more protected finishes in wrestling. And one of the more, you know, th- when he gets a guy up in position for that bad luck fall, you hear the fans gasp because they know if he hits that move, it is mm-hmm. game over. The match Similar to a guy done. we're going to talk about here in a little, you know, in the next match. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, no matter who it is, if you get hit with that move, you're done. And 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 I think you know that was they established it, you know, by having him stretcher everybody out the way they did a couple years ago. So um, and, and and I thought those spots in this match, there were two or three of them, were excellently done. I thought uh, you know they really, I I bought a couple of them. I thought he was going to hit it. Because it's the G1, and you know that you get funky results sometimes. It's unpredictable, yeah. So, you know, I really thought they were going to hit it uh, uh, a couple of times there. So, uh, so yeah, I really liked it. And, you know, then that finish happens. Which The I- finish is really bad. Yeah, Naito went for a reverse atomic drop, which is a terrible idea when the guy's like a foot and five inches taller than you. So, like, Fale, and Fale didn't move, which also didn't help. Is that Naito tried to lift him up, Fale didn't move, and, and I get it, he's supposed to be the big man, but then he sold the atomic drop, was essentially him just like carefully like bending over and falling like as slow as humanly possible to the ground, and then Naito went to roll him up, um, in kind of like a running, you know, sunset flip type pin, and then Fale just sort of again, he just like kind of rolled out. I mean, Fale didn't want to move during any point of that, and and and, and really just opened himself up and opened Naito up and, and just made the whole thing look like crap just because he's, he's so immobile that, yeah, it, it, the finish was awful. It looked terrible. And the fans didn't buy it either because they were like, no, 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 this is, oh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you could hear that from the fans too. They thought, oh, well, no, the, the, everything looked so awful in the end and nothing was impactful. There's no way that's the end, and, and it was. So. Yeah. 
that was that. But then the good part of the card, at least in my mind, Tetsa, Naito. Oh, that's not. I read the wrong one. AJ Styles, Shibata. I love this. I thought that this was my match of the night, actually. I liked it better than the main event. I thought this was a really good. And I get it could have used a few more minutes, I think, to get to that like match of the year level type thing. But I thought otherwise it was really good. The story I, I thought was great where, you know, Shibata can't use his arms. You know, Shibata is obviously hurt and they're playing into a real life story and, and, and making it work, which I thought is, it, there's there's I, I enjoy that, too, where they're saying, hey, look, we know that, you know, that this guy's hurt. So let's make it a focal point of the match. And I thought it was perfect. And I thought Shibata did a great job of selling. I thought Shibata did a great job of sort of utilizing his offense in a way that, you know, <laughs> we talk about it and, and that'll be a, a, a Something we'll talk about here in this main event about selling. Well, Shibata actually does have to sell that arm because I'm sure it actually does hurt him. So that's kind of cool, too, that you sort of have that realism in there where, yeah, I really can't hit you as hard with my forearm because it hurts a lot to do it. But that was pretty cool. And then, you know, as you mentioned, in terms of protective finishers, the styles clash and that when when styles puts that on, it's over like the and the crowd gasps and they know the second that he turns it over. They just stop making noise because they know, ah, damn it, it's over. Like, he killed him. And, and Styles gets the pin and, and wins. But I, I enjoyed this. I thought this was awesome. And what these things will lead to, when someone eventually kicks out of the Styles Clash, when somebody eventually kicks out of the Bad Luck Fall, those are going to be enormous moments. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's, that, that's some good stuff. I liked this match a lot, obviously. I think it's impossible not to like this match a lot. I think I had it, I don't know, four stars, four and a quarter, somewhere in that neighborhood. I preferred the main event. But I like this too. I thought, um, you know, once they did the first Styles Clash tease, where it was positioned in the match, I thought to myself, oh, they're going to go a little shorter than I would like. And that's exactly what happened. It only yeah. went about 11 or 12 minutes. I thought this was a match where there was a lot more match to be had. And, I, and you really wanted to see these guys go a little longer. But with that said, I also think that this was a match where these two guys made every second that they had really count. Every second that they had in this match mattered. Everything they yeah, did. every step, every step mattered. Every move, every everything they did in this match, everything they did counted. Um, and, and there was really no wasted time or wasted motion in this match. Uh, they were told that they had 11 or 12 minutes, and they utilized every fucking second of those 11 or 12 minutes. Um, so there's really nothing to complain about here. I can see it by the end of the tournament being uh, some people's, uh, you know, in their top three or top five matches of the tournament. I don't think it's going to land there for me. Um, I, I don't think, I think it wasn't at a match at a year level, but I did think it was a really great match. I thought it was on the path towards that. And that, that's, yeah. I, I'm with you. I was a little disappointed in that where, man, I really wish they called an audible and said, you know what guys, five more minutes, but I get it. You know, that's impossible to do, but yeah, no, if it had that little bit more and then they were able to do a little bit more of the teases and that sort of stuff really, we got into that level, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. But yeah, it wasn't not match of the year level, but I, I thought on the path towards that, but yeah, didn't quite have the time to do it. Yeah, And this AJ styles, man, it's just every time with so him, good. It's just, he's on a different level right now. He's so, you know, I, and people have been saying, you know, Hey, this is a guy who, who, really have to from wrestle of the year and that sort of stuff. And I haven't necessarily argued with it because I think it, it, it's plausible and I, I absolutely would consider him. He's really vaulted up the list. Oh, I mean, every time you see the guy, he, he, he hasn't had, well, I mean, what's a match that you've seen this year where you said, Oh, that was kind of disappointing. He, <laughs> oh, AJ really didn't deliver there. Like, I don't think it's happened once he yet. Always delivers every time he delivers every time, any scenario, any promotion, any type of match, uh, whether it's a main event, any opponent, <laughs> any opponent, main event, world title match, um, you know, semi main event, G1 match, six man match in the middle of a ring of honor show, uh, a match in Europe against uh, a top European guy, um, indie shows. The guy delivers every situation, every scenario and always puts in 
a great performance. There's no question he's got to be one of the front runners. And he drew two enormous gates, uh, two yep. landmark uh, gates for modern New Japan this year with putting more people in Sumo Hall for a non-G1 show than anybody has done and then filling up that uh, the, uh, the Osaka Castle Hall, which they've been afraid to run for all these years. Guy yep. is most definitely in the conversation, and I can't kill anybody who would say that he's their wrestler of the year right now. Then we'll go to the main event here. A again decisive-ish match, but uh, we'll talk about it to an extent. Uh, Tanahashi versus Abushi. I enjoyed it a lot. I said it wasn't my favorite, but I think it was right. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't like it at all. I, I gave this one four stars. I gave four and a half to the Shibata AJ Styles. I thought it was ever, a really, really good match. Fantastic match. Uh, you know, really good closing stretch. I thought one of the best closing stretches you'll probably ever. You know, at least for people that enjoy New Japan and enjoy this sort of stuff, one of the best closing stretches you'll probably ever see from these guys. I mean, just just unbelievable. You know, quick-paced offense, near falls. I mean, everything you could kind of ask for with the finishing sequence. I love the hell out of it. Joe, what did you think? I am the complete opposite of you. This is the match I gave four and a half stars to, which I thought was just a slight notch below match at a year level. And I gave the uh, the semi-main event match uh, the, the four stars, four and a quarter stars. Because this match was just, I, I mean, uh, I have so much to say about this match. I mean... The closing stretch was just fucking phenomenal and out of this world. Uh, the you can't ask for a better closing you stretch. You can't. And I thought Hiroshi Tanahashi in this match, the way he commanded his ring presence, um, his ring generalship, he was a fucking artist out there. He was a five-star general the way he commanded this match. This, this was not the best Hiroshi Tanahashi match of all time. In fact... It wasn't the best Hiroshi Tanahashi match this year. Um, I don't know if it's one of his five or ten best matches. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. But this may have been one of the best individual performances of of Hiroshi Tanahashi's career. I went back and watched this match again the next day. And he is so picture-perfect, crisp, fluid. Uh, Everything about his performance in this match was flawless. You, you could, he couldn't have been any better in this match. The way he paced it, his timing on his spots, his positioning, uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the manner in which he kept cutting off a bushy by going after the leg, uh, the crispness of his offense. Let me tell you something else. People who say this guy doesn't have good offense, they're watching a different, they're watching different matches than me. His offense in this match in particular was tremendous. The viciousness of going after Ibushi's legs in this match and the creativeness of, of, of the way he went after those legs. I mean, this was a Hall of Fame performance by a Hall of Fame wrestler. This is where, you know, you watch this match and much like watching AJ Styles in the match before, a different level of pro wrestler was participating in this match. It's, you know... The way him and AJ Styles command a ring right now, you know, it's just, it's just another level. This he's just the guy, and and it's like, you know, this gave me full confidence moving forward. I don't need to see anything else. This guy's gonna have a great tournament. I'm gonna tell you something yeah. right now. I'm gonna tell you something right now too. By the time this tournament's over, he's gonna be in the wrestler of the year discussion, because you can tell by this performance what he's got in store for the rest of this thing. Uh, you know, it, it just it just a flawless performance. I haven't seen someone command a match and, and have the poise and, and, and the ring presence in a match like, like he did in his match in a long time. I mean, he was so good in this match. You could see why most people regard him as an all-timer. There, you know, there's great pro wrestlers, and then there's this guy. He was so good in this match. You know, and Ibushi, look, he was great too. And look, 
I'm so sick and tired of talking about selling. When it comes <laughs> I to didn't play. want to do it again. I'm Let's do it quickly because I don't think – we said it last week Rich, and we don't need I'm to do it every I'm fucking week. tired of it. It's, it's the most tired, boring topic. And I'll tell you something. I can't do it for 19 straight days of this tournament. I can't do it. I cannot have this discussion every time a match is worked around a leg and the guy doesn't sell it like he got his leg blown off with a shotgun. I can't take it anymore. I can't do it. Uh, there are these selling fetishists who are just never happy. I, I just I, I can't do it. If you don't think Abushi, Abushi sold well, fine. I you know the, the bottom line with 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 selling, particularly when it comes to legs, is this: everyone has their own tolerance level for what isn't enough, and some of our tolerance levels are lower than others, and that's it. There's no really no point debating it anymore. Um, I thought Abushi, Abushi sold the leg fine. Did he sell the leg great? No, you can't call it great. Great would be. A, 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 a complete and total sell job of the leg and completely being immobilized. But the fact of the matter is every time a wrestler gets his legs worked on, he doesn't have to sell it that way. Can we please get over that, please? Can we please get over that? You don't have to sell the leg. Just because someone works on your legs doesn't mean that you can't use your legs anymore. Not in every instance. It's not a crime against humanity to throw a kick after you've had your leg worked over. Can we please get off of that? I mean, the people who whine about this stuff, it totally comes off to me like they're just using it as a red herring to go after wrestlers they don't like. And I'm sorry. That's what it comes off. That may not be the case, but that's how you guys sound when you make these petty complaints about, about this leg work. He sold the leg. Fine. Was it a classic performance of selling the leg? Was it Chris Masters on Superstars against Drew McIntyre? No, it wasn't. But that wasn't the kind of match they were working. In this case, they were working a match where every time Kota Ibushi got some momentum, Tanahashi would cut him off by attacking the leg. That doesn't mean Ibushi's leg was broken. It doesn't mean he had ligament damage. It doesn't. Right, it just slowed him down temporarily right. until he it's got just, back up again. Exactly. Yeah, and, and start his little, you know, Kota Ibushi would get up every few minutes and do his little flurry, and then Tanahashi would, no, 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 and then no, no. Tanahashi would cut him off again at the legs. Right. That do, why does that automatically mean that the leg damage has to be sold like it's the ultimate in leg? It doesn't mean that. Not every match worked around legs has to be sold in that manner. I don't understand this this mindset where people think that has to be the case. I'm so tired of matches where guys work the legs because then you got to listen to this nonsense. It's just it's 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 well, and like you said, I think and and there's there there are people that don't do it for that, but there are a lot of people that will just attribute it to the same few guys. In a lot of ways, you could just say, "Hey, look, I don't enjoy it." Just say you don't enjoy him. Just say you don't like his work or whatever. That's fine. But then then you go in this like weird path of of, of justifying. I mean, then don't watch his matches. Obviously, you don't like Kotobushi. Stop watching his matches. Well, I don't. I wouldn't like, go that well, far. But what? No, I think these people need to fucking stop watching because that's all they do is bitch and moan and complain about every. You know, I, we don't go out of our way to watch Dojo Wars because it's not something we enjoy. You don't enjoy Kota Ibushi or whatever, then don't watch him. Nobody is gunpoint forcing you to watch it. Look, I, again, I, I'm not going to go that far personally, but the fact of the matter is I just think nitpicking when it comes to selling a leg, I, I, I don't know where this mindset It's always the same people, Joe. It's the same people with the same wrestlers. That's why I bring it I up. Just, look, I don't understand where the mindset came from where there's only one way to sell a leg. You, you have to sell a leg like it's complete – who – where is this fucking rule that you can't throw a kick if your leg has been worked on? It, like where is this rule that you can't jump off a turnbuckle because your leg has been worked on? Where is this rule that says if your leg has been worked on or someone has done something to your leg that from that point forward, that leg has to be a complete non-entity in the rest of the – why does – it doesn't have to be that way. 
Um, as long as, you know, selling is shades of gray, man. There's more than one way to skin a cat when it comes to selling and when it comes to selling your leg. Um, it's, 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 to me, as long as you're, as throughout the course of the match, you're still conscious that, that working the leg is part of the story of the match, then you're doing your job. And at no point during the course of this match did I, did, did I think that either guy forgot that working the leg uh, was a major component of the match. In fact, I think it was emphasized because throughout the entire match, he kept cutting them off at the legs. That was the story of the match. The story of the match wasn't that Kota Ibushi had two broken legs and had to figure out how to wrestle while crawling. Right. If that's what you came out with, then you didn't then listen guess to what? I mean, that wasn't then Exactly. Then the you match, the story. The you match went over your control. fucking yeah. head if that's what you think the story of the match was. And that might be the root of the problem here. You didn't understand the match. Because the, the point of the match wasn't that he was immobilized. The point of the match that he kept getting cut off uh, via the legs. That was the story of the match. So, I mean, and for me, you know, when a match is that exciting down the stretch. Uh, and look, again, I don't think it was any kind of classic sell job. Dave Melcher said it was, I forget his exact words. Both guys sold excellently. I, I don't know how he worked. I don't go that far. I thought Kushida did a better job selling, uh, the, the, you know, uh, at Dominion than um, – than Ibushi did on this show. And, you know, Kushida's another guy who got raked over the coals for doing a bad job. And I thought, I, you know, I'm not going to go through all the reasons again. I thought Kushida did an excellent job selling the leg in that match and completely conveyed the story that they were trying to get over. And I'm not going to bore everybody with my reasons again. Yeah, we did it last and week. I don't, go, I don't, go listen to last week's show if you can. I don't think Ibushi was great. I don't think he was excellent selling the leg. But they told a consistent story throughout the match. What more do you want? That's, and that, and that's, that's where, what people where I cry about with these matches. Oh, tell me a story. Tell me a story. That's yeah. They did tell you a story. He kept getting cut off every time he got momentum, and Tanahashi chose to cut him off at the legs. And and that's where I kind of – because last week I, I talked about how I was a little bit – you know bothered a little bit by how the way Kushida did you know his selling at, at Dominion or whatever. And a lot of that was because that was the story of the match was centered around that. This was – I mean that that for me, that's why this one didn't bother me that much because that wasn't the point. The point wasn't that Tanahashi is is system you know systematically destroying Ibushi's legs or whatever. He used the legs to cut him off. This is the high flyer and he's saying, hey, look, I need you to slow down for a little bit because I can't keep up with your flying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ground you for a little bit. And then little by little, Ibushi would rise back up, try it again, and, and, and Tanahashi once again would slow him down and, and, and keep him to the ground. I mean that's that's what that story was there. It was The central focus wasn't Kota Ibushi can no longer use his legs and, and Tanahashi is setting him up for you know a submission. Missionary. It wasn't that at all. It was just no, he beat I, with the I, high fly flow. Exactly. I need this guy to stop jumping and flying all over the place because I can't keep up with exactly, him. Exactly. Right. He needs to slow the fuck down and let me. And you here's know, another you know, thing come. too. And here's another thing too. Just because a wrestler attempts, and I'm not saying it's the case with this match necessarily, but just because a wrestler attempts to attack a body part doesn't mean that it that it means that it worked. You know what I mean? Like you can go after a wrestler's leg in a match, but the story, sure. but the story could be that that didn't work. Or you're not very good at right. it. Right. But it's like as soon as people see someone go after a leg, oh, well, he ran. He didn't sell it. He, he, he got up and ran after he touched that. Le- I mean, oh, how do, you, how do you enjoy anything if you approach things in that manner? So like I said, it's just tolerance level at this point. I, I really get disgusted when guys take punches and don't immediately get concussed and just sit in the side of the ring and I hold mean, their exa- head. We can take this to – all kinds right. of wild every punch in every match then is like well I mean, do people watch real sports i mean i made this this comparison last week how many times have you seen an nfl running back limp back to the huddle for the entire course of a game but then when he takes the handoff he runs full sprint 12 yards off tackle i mean it's it's like you know how many times you see a tennis player 
you know, limping in between points. And then, you know, during the point, he sucks it up and he plays. And he's it's just like – this idea that wrestler – I just – I can't. I, you know, I said we weren't going to do this and we did it. And you know what? Wish- it's going to happen every show. I, 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 I'm hoping <laughs> – I mean just – I'm just so sick of matches worked around legs because you get this nitpicky mm-hmm. bullshit. Uh, it was a great fucking match. If you couldn't find enjoyment in that match, I don't know what to tell you. It was a great match. I could see it landing very high on some people's match of the year lists. It has an outside shot. It might make the bottom part of my top 10. I thought it was that good. I have a feeling it won't, um, but I, I could, you know, it may very well, you know, I could see it in the bottom part of a top 10. I don't know if it'd be one of my 10 favorite matches so far. It'd definitely be in my top 20. To this point this year, it'd probably be in my top 15. It'll probably, you know, we're only in July and we have an entire G1 in front of us. It'll slip a little from there. But overall, I think uh, this show was a good show that had not a great show, but it did have two great matches. But the problem with this show is the peaks were very high, but the valleys were very low. Yes, that was the problem with this show, and that's and that could be that's going to be a G1 problem all year. And we said that before the tournament started. That's exactly what's going to happen with this tournament, because here's what's going to happen. You go back and look at the G1s from the last two years. All of the shows had two or three lousy matches. The thing was they'd make up for it because they had eight great matches. Yeah, I was going to say it's seven so, spectacular So what's going to happen yeah. this year is when you have those lousy matchups, they're going to be exemplified because there's only five matches. When you only have five cracks at having a good match, if two of them are bad, I mean, you know, th- th- those are uh, magnified. Whereas yeah. when there were bad matches in years past, they were the first and third match on the show. And because matches three through nine were so fucking great, you forgot about match number one and three that stunk. You forgot about the Doc Gallows match, you know, that that was awful because you had six other matches to sink your teeth into that were great. If you have two bad matches now, you only got three more cracks to have. Some yeah, great the matches. show's halfway over. Yeah. You know, there's going to be shows this year where there might only be one great match. There's going to be shows where there's no great matches. I mean, and we knew that coming in. The days of having the great wall to wall G1 shows. They're gone. That's over. You're not going to have that. I'd be very shocked if you have a show of the year contender until they get to Sumo Hall. Then all bets are off. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, uh, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but we had another announcement for Sumo Hall is that uh, Ricochet will be taking on Kushida for the junior heavyweight title. So that's another feather in the cap of that Sumo Hall show, that final, which should be spectacular. I can't wait to, you know, that, that match alone is, is great. We saw that last year, and it was one of my favorite matches of last year. And I, I, I have no doubt that Kushida, year older, and Ricochet, year older, are, are going to just knock it, uh, especially in that atmosphere. I can't wait. That's going to be a great one. Uh, one other note about New Japan, of course, as I mentioned, we're not going to preview um, any upcoming G1 shows because you've probably already, by the time you listen to this, uh, night, night two would have already happened. So, But, of course, we'll have coverage on the website, voiceofwrestling.com, and also the G1 uh, Climax uh, Prediction Contest. Pick them. If you join that, we have uh, standings updated throughout the reviews and elsewhere on the website and on the forums and stuff. And another thing is uh, I wanted to mention as well is we put uh, – I made a thread on the forums – that if you don't want to watch spoiled shows, if you just want to say, hey, I don't have time to watch this. I just want to see what, you know, what's what are the best two matches from night one? What are the best mat what are the matches I have to see or whatever? I made a spoiler-free thread on the forums where you can just go on there and just look. Okay, here are the recommended matches. Just watch these ones. And these are anything that gives four stars or above from our reviewer. And it's you know, you, me, you know. Brian Rose, Rob McCarron, anybody who reviews it, whatever they give above four stars, I'm gonna add that. I'm not gonna say what the result is. I'm just gonna say on day on night two. X and X were really good. There you go. And so it's an easy way to kind of consume it if you don't want to watch all these. But as I mentioned, it's never been easier to consume these G1 shows. You really only have five. I think this one, it went down to what, an hour and a half maybe for all the five of these. No excuse for you not to be able to at least watch every single G1 match if you really want to. So 
definitely easy to do. Uh, one other note before we move on to WWE and some other stuff. Uh, Access TV has came up in the Observer today. They uh, signed a multi-year contract to continue the Friday night broadcasts of New Japan's World Pro Wrestling. So that's cool. Yeah, so it got extended. We're getting some more Access more TV. Yeah, we have. Uh, the third season, here's, here's what Dave kind of wrote in The Observer. Uh, the third season will run from 8-14, so it's August 14th, until 12-11. Uh, there will be no first-run show over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it will include five separate shows airing the matches from Wrestle Kingdom 9, uh, obviously the spectacular show January 4th this year, Wrestle Kingdom 9. So that'll be, uh, be a good set of shows for the, the Access TV and uh, for people that haven't seen the Wrestle Kingdom 9 and, or you know didn't watch it, I mean, that's going to be a spectacular uh and I, one thing I am very interested to see, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see more of Ronaldo and uh, how he tackles a lot of these matches. I thought, you know, we, we mentioned at the time that the, the, you know, Ross and Stryker left a lot to be desired, and I, I think Ronaldo will, will knock it out of the park. So that, that's one thing I definitely can't wait to see. Yeah, I want to see how uh, Frank Shamrock does on commentary with, uh, with Moro filling in yeah. for – I think he'll do an excellent job too. Um, that didn't – you know – I crowdsourced that and asked some people about it, and people were pretty much down on Frank Shamrock. I don't know. I like Frank Shamrock a lot. I think he's charismatic. I think he's going to take it seriously. I think he has a respect for pro wrestling. And the biggest complaint that I was hearing is, oh, well, Frank Shamrock just puts Frank Shamrock over, which may have been the case when he was doing MMA because Frank Shamrock, of course, because he understands pro wrestling and how to build a fight, he was always trying to put himself over. Yeah, I don't know if he has any reason to put himself over yeah, anymore. What's his, what's his angle to put himself over calling pro wrestling matches? Because Maybe he, he'll sell his Showtime doc. Is that thing still going on? Did it ever happen? I don't know. But Wasn't I, that a Kickstarter I, or something? I don't remember. The fact of the matter happened. is, when he was doing Elite XC shows or Strike Force shows or whatever the case was, he was trying to build fights with people that were on the shows. He's, he's a businessman. He's not going to be trying to build a match with Kazuchika Okada. So you don't have to worry about Frank putting himself over. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, I yeah. I think he's gonna do. He's gonna have some fun with it and do a good job. But and we're getting we're getting ever closer to that that point where these shows are actually gonna be somewhat close to what's going on in real time. We're gonna be in the same year now. You know, slowly but surely we've done it. It started out you know so long ago, and then slowly but surely we're we're getting there. And now we're you know we're only gonna be about eight or nine months old, and, and that's not bad. That's okay. And and you know Dave mentions in the Observer that it was a, it's a plan that they really want this thing to become just an every you know maybe not like almost an every week thing. Like it might be 52 times, which would be, I, I, that's, I think a little ambitious, but either way, I, I think it's cool. And, and it's good that this relationship is, is going well. And, and it's a great show. And for anybody who doesn't watch it, we don't talk a lot about it on the show, but yeah, the access TV new Japan show is, is, is great. That's and it's because a good the fact of the matter is if it's, if you know, there's really no We've reason for us to watch it. And anyone who's listening to this show, there's really no reason for you to watch it unless you want to see these matches with English commentary, because even if they catch up, and the shows are current, and they're slowly but surely catching up. Um, it's still going to be matches that the hardcore New Japan fan has seen already, yeah. because you know it's it's. But it's a great show if you're not a hardcore New Japan fan who follows it from the fringes. You don't watch every pay per view. Right. You don't watch every show. It's a great thing to recommend if you have a friend who's like that Japanese stuff you watch. What is that all about? I'm just like here you go. <laughs> like, yeah, and, enjoy and, that. And like, if they do catch up, you can keep up with the company in almost real time. Yeah. by watching this show. And they do show like pay-per-view main events and, and you know, they, they, on, on this show. So, um, you know, it's, you know, it's good for people who, who aren't hardcore about it. So, yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move on to WWE. Uh, this was a note, uh, not in the Observer today, but uh, somebody sent it in one of the uh, Facebook groups I've joined for the uh, for Japanese wrestling. Did you see this thing? I don't know what you're saying. I think we have a new, I think we have a new promotion we're going to have to talk a lot about. Uh, Super Delphin. Announced the formation of his new promotion. It's uh, Kaisen Parisu. It's Seafood Pro Wrestling is the translation. Joe, the goal of this new project is to boost the culture of seafood in the southern region of the Osaka Prefecture. Therefore, the wrestlers will get sea-themed gimmicks, 
like his, there will also be a tuna, a shrimp, and an octopi. Wow. <laughs> I, you know. It's like if Kaiju Big Battle wasn't, I like. Well, is this I, man, is, you know, was his father a fisherman or something? Does he, is the goal of the project is to boost the culture yes, of Super seafood. Delphin, yes, Super Delphin wants people to know. He must own, like, stock in. In the southern region of Osaka. And the wrestlers will all be fish-based. Yes. Or sea-based. Not necessarily sea based, yes. fish. Not, not necessarily fish, but yes. Uh, 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 Participant, yeah, water creatures, yes. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm very rarely rendered speechless. I don't even know yeah, where to I, go with this. I kind of want to watch it, though. When it, are they, like one show. I, I have no idea when the run. Do they have a show announced? So, they have nothing announced. I don't yet? think so. No, I don't think they have anything announced quite yet. But Super I'll, Delphin I'll is everybody he's, he's a strange fella. He Super is Delphin. a very odd fella. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll keep you abreast of, of of what updates that I can find out about uh, the uh, fish pro wrestling. What, what did I say it was called? Seafood pro wrestling. Seafood yes, pro wrestling. That's the name of the promotion. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what you, I, uh, I, you can check out their website. It's uh, one, they two, have a three, website. Goya. Yeah. One, two, three, four Goya dot com. And they're all there. Yeah, they're all there's a guy with an can't, octopus fan. Can't be any worse than Chikara. Oh, uh, you know what? That Oh, it looks like they got some stuff going here. I can't translate it, but uh, oh, we got a full roster. We're ready to go. Oh, OK, yeah, we're ready to go. I'm into it, Joe. I'm, I'll be uh, reviewing. If we find out who the future seafood pro wrestling, if we find out who's portraying the tuna. Are we allowed to say? That I, I don't know. Oh God! It's now it's on. Now I'm, I got a bunch of spyware. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very sketchy. You you probably. Oh, the site is one gigantic image. That's the problem. I'm trying to translate it, but I can't because it's just an image. So fake okay. taxi might be a safer site than the seafood pro wrestling <laughs> site. Oh God, this is good. All right, well there you go. So now we can go to America. That's that's all I got for for our bouncing around Japan segment. Yeah, that's the lamest bouncing around Japan of all time. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't look at a whole lot of else, so it's fine. I've been in Japan a lot the past few days, so I didn't want to bounce. That's around not even it, so. worthy of the music. No, God, no, no. Unless there was some fish, some well, We got to keep an eye on this seafood pro wrestling now, though. Oh, I will always have. Oh, don't you do you not worry? I, I and I, I remember I was in I was in Catch a Big Bell for a little while too, and then it was just really really bad, so I eventually had to had to leave. But uh, you know me, anyway. Amphibious pro wrestling. So. How about Triple Mania on pay per view? Exactly. Let's talk about it. I'm excited about that. Let's not get to America. Let's do everything we can to not talk about America. The <laughs> the uh, the online versions of Triple Mania, you know, obviously didn't work out too well the last couple of years. So they're, they're, they you can order it right there on your television, Rich, for twenty nine ninety five in HD, if I recall. So they've got Direct TV. Who else? Uh, DirecTV, uh, Dish, Indemand, Rogers, and Bell Canada. So actually, I cannot watch it because it's not on Comcast yet. But so in Canada too, a couple Canadian services there, and then uh, DirecTV and Dish. Um, you know, I'm excited. Knowing AAA, you know, the feed probably won't work again, uh, even on a traditional pay per view. But I hope it all goes well, and um, I will definitely order it. I will 100% order that. That's in September. No, August 9th. August 9th, right? Uh, the, yeah, the event is Sunday, August 9th, yeah, August yeah, it's 9th, seven, there's... 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Last year, I think there was, uh, there was a WWE, oh, SummerSlam was on the same night, right? Yeah. That was that night. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't recall if that's going to happen again, uh, with this one, but the card looks nah, pretty SummerSlam okay. Uh, will be late August. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're we're okay this time. Uh, Rey Mysterio taking on the original Mystico slash Sankara, the Mysticies, uh, and then uh, uh, El Patron versus Brian Cage as well, and a hair versus hair match. So one of those guys is losing their hair. They caught an awful break when you know Pero Aguayo Jr. Yes, the the the, the, the point. The, it was all building to what Rey Mysterio and and Pero. And and then he died. So they, yeah. they had to switch gears on whatever all their pl- whatever their plans were. Everything had to be changed course uh, when that happened. They kind of just. It's kind of just thrown together, but I mean, Mysterio and uh, Mysticiziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziz
yeah, I was I was eating Greek food at this point, so I, I didn't care. Uh, Randy Orton versus Sheamus was our opener. The the much anticipated final matchup between uh, Randy Orton and Sheamus. The first matchup is what I meant to say. Yeah, uh, I mean, these are two guys in a holding pattern, obviously. They don't know what to do with either one of them, so they've just stuck them with each other. I think everyone's sick of seeing them wrestle each other. But look, this was fine. It was okay. I was solid. I had no problem I enjoyed with it. it. I got to tell you, I've got um, two points to make about each guy, and then I'll let you say what you thought. Okay. Randy Orton is a guy who's kind of growing on me. I don't hate him the way I used to. I like his role. I like his role right now. I think when he's not being pushed to the moon and and you know that this guy's not very good and he's in all these main events and they're 35 minutes long and all that sort of stuff, that's what hurts him. I don't think he's I, – I think him working 12, 13-minute matches is perfect. I, I said that I said that at WrestleMania. I said, oh, my God, he's found his calling. Sprint matches. These 12-minute matches with him as a babyface, he's perfect at it. He's great. Yeah. I said that at WrestleMania with him and Seth Rollins. I thought that was the perfect Randy Orton match. And it was like, God damn it, we had like 10 years of this guy working 35, 40-minute terrible main events when this is all he needed to ever do. I'd rather watch Randy Orton right now than a lot of people in this company. Um, and then, look, I'm not any kind of Randy Orton fan all of a sudden. Oh, God, yeah. I, listen to the show and you'll you'll know, you know that's anything. But he just isn't offending me anymore. And Seamus, this is funny. This occurred to me, and it, this is so true. And it just popped in my head when I was watching this show. You know what Seamus is? Seamus is Hiroki Goto if Hiroki Goto never had a great match. That's what he is. They're like the same guy, except Hiroki Goto has like a resume full of great matches. Mm-hmm. And Sheamus doesn't have any. Sheamus has never had a great singles match. And if he has, name it. Yeah, let's see. Let, let's see. We always like to do the cage match. Uh, let's see what's the best Sheamus matches on like cage. Sh- Cody Rhodes did not come up with any very now, while good While you're results. looking it up, Sheamus yeah. is a guy who should have a bunch of great singles matches. You know, but he doesn't. I could. I genuinely can't think of one. I mean, you know, it, it's like where's there's nothing on that guy's resume and he he's too good for that he should have great he has a bunch of really good matches he's had some uh very good television matches sure but where are the classic i think i think that seafood pro wrestling gave me spyware i can't every page i go to now a pop-up now you might as well go to fake taxi and just ruin that yeah because you got to get a new computer now anyway but really what are what what is the give seamus is like 37 years old right 36 37 years old uh 37 37 okay He's been in WWE since like what, 2008 or 2007 on ECW, something oh, like that. He's been man. there. Yeah, when did he make his? The point his... is, he's been there a long time. Okay, he's been there about seven or eight years, or whatever it is. Where are the great Sheamus matches? And this is like, I never really thought about this before. I'm not any kind of Sheamus hater, but by this point in time, what is the what is the what is the trademark Sheamus match that you can point to and say? Uh, New wrestling fan, if you want to see the very best of Sheamus, you got to watch this match. I cannot think of one. All right, here are the four. There's three matches here that Dave gave four stars and that had a high uh, above eight uh, cage match rating. And these aren't I'm I'm excluding any money in the banks because there's a few that he's in there. I'm I'm not I'm just doing straight singles matches or matches where he's, you know, you know, could be a triple threat. But one that he's sort of an important figure in. Uh, You have December. Listen, listen, bullshit. Give me the singles match. Why? This guy's been in the company like eight years. He doesn't have a one-off. No, that's fine. No, that's what I mean. There's only three. There's only three. I I just meant in the future. Okay, you know, if there's him. a triple threat match, I'll I'll okay. you know I'll include that. But I'm not going to include Money in the Bank or Royal Rumbles or anything. You know, that doesn't count. No. Uh, t- December 19, 2010. You got four stars and an 8.64 cage match rating for John Morrison versus Sheamus. I do not remember that whatsoever. I have no recollection. I don't even know when that's from. Is that, it's got to be a TLC, right? Let me see. Uh, TLC. Yeah, it was TLC 2010. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that later. Okay. John Morris uh, at TLC 2010. Yep. 
All right, I'm going to watch that later. Go ahead. Okay, we have another four stars, 8.74 uh, cage match rating. This is April 29, 2012, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. What sh- is, that, uh, is that on a show? Is that on a network? See. This is Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules 2012, best two out of three falls. Okay, I will watch that later. All right. And then the last one, uh, four stars from Dave, and then a 7.72 cage match rating. It's Cesaro versus Sheamus, and that's from September 21st, 2014. That I believe was a raw, if I remember correctly. I remember that. That uh, that's oh, Night of Champions. No, 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 mind. This is the Night of Champions. That's the only one I remember. That was a good match, but it wasn't a great match. But it was a very good match. He doesn't have a great match. Yeah, the rest of the ones here are all Money in the Bank. Where so. <laughs> where where is the Sheamus match of the year contender? Has he ever had one? Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see here. Awards. I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna come up in any of these. Maybe a Money in the Bank, but uh, nope, nothing. So, according to Dave Meltzer, he's never done anything above four stars. Yeah, he's only got the four stars. The only other one, there's a four and a half for um, one of the money banks, like I said. That's one man's opinion. But the fact is, can you think of a Sheamus match? And it would probably be one of those three or maybe one that that people talk about as being any kind of classic match. Now, for a guy of his ability who's been on the roster that long, to me, that's a problem. Yeah, I remember that Cesaro won a lot, but yeah, there's not really like there's not many that I would say. Oh, I would go back and like you said, if you're gonna, if I if somebody said, hey, what's the best Sheamus match ever? I want to watch one Sheamus match. Give one. Send me the best one, and I would go. Hmm. How about Extreme Rules 2012? Like I would just throw out a random event because he's been on everything. But yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be right Maybe with you. Maybe he's on there. equal in ability to Hiroki Goto. Um, and just Aren't raw they similar, ability, like similar style. Yeah, I, I would say that. But yeah, like you said, there's always the caveat that Goto's had a few, you know, matches that I've really, They're really both enjoyed where Smash Sheamus... Mouth guys yeah. hit you in the mouth. They wrestle a rough style. They're very similar. Um but Hiroki Goto will have more great matches in this G one than Sheamus has had in his life. And I really shouldn't it, and, that, and I'm not even exaggerating. Hiroki Goto probably had more great matches in last year's G one or the year before than Sheamus has had in his life. I mean, why is that shouldn't be the case? Sheamus is is bordering on the back end of his career at this point. The guy's never had a great match. And and I was just thinking about that during this Orton match. It's like he's too good to have never had a great match. And it it it, it, it was it's and I it was something that I thought would be a fun thing to do on this show, you know, to to, to examine that. I, it's it's amazing to me. He's, he's, he, I, you know, I'll watch those too. Well, let's all watch those and then we'll come back next week and, and discuss. And, I, and I'll tell oh. you, and I'll tell you something else. Even though I don't think he's ever had a great match, I, to me, it's like I'm not ready to say he's overrated or anything. I still like him, but where are the mat? Where's the resume? Doesn't exist. It's just he has a lot of really good. In fact, I don't even think he has a lot of really good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm racking my brain. I'm thinking to myself, all right, I know this guy. I've seen this guy have a bunch of good TV match, but why are not any of them coming to mind? Where with any other wrestler, you can rattle off ten matches off the top of your head that you really liked from a guy. I can't do that with Sheamus. I don't know about you. I can't do that. No, I have a tough time with it as well. He's a guy that I enjoy when he watches, but essentially when the match is over, I just kind of – it's just there, and then it kind of goes to the back of the head, and it never comes back again. <laughs> like that's, that's sort of how he's always always been for me, where I've never like outwardly hated him, but I've never really – he hasn't had that same attachment to me ever. Um, moving on here, uh, primetime players, tag team title match versus the New Day. This, I believe, was my favorite match of the entire night. 
I like. I this was awesome. This was so good. Like these guys, I, these two teams are just so perfect. The new day, it, it's amazing what they made. I mean, this was a thing that could have been dead in the water, completely destroyed. Could have made it nothing. And these two, three guys have made the most out of this and made it a legit something that I look forward to on every single show. Is is these guys just coming out? And and it's even better that they have great matches with it as well. Big E is so good in the ring, and he's a guy that's just every time I see him, I'm like, man, they're just wasting this guy. I mean, this guy could be a superstar if they did the right stuff with him. Kofi is great. And Xavier Woods is just an awesome manager and just so good. And and the thing that's awesome about them is they're kind of old school. They're very old school. They're very vocal. They're over the top. Their movements are, you, you know, they're not subtle about anything. Everything you see and everything they do is, is obvious. And it's it's look at me. Look at what we're doing. Look at us. And I think that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, Xavier Woods really stood out for his manager work here. Work in the crowd. This is like old school Jimmy Hart. He was perfect. He was awesome. He's very, he was so he's good. very good. And, um, you know, I completely agree about Big E. He might get my most underrated vote this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, he's a guy that, you know, another guy who looked like they were going to do something with him. And then they just, you know how this company is. And we'll get to yeah, that. We'll talk about that here a little bit. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's got a great, if you follow him on Twitter or you see him in sort of off the cuff things and things on dot com, he's very, a great personality. Oh, that's um, really weird how they have a great personality and then they uh, don't let them ever show that. That's, it's, you know, it's this company. That's so weird. And, um, you know, I think he's an excellent worker. He's had some – he's had more singles matches I think are great than than than, uh, than Sheamus has. Yeah, let's, uh, let's fire these up here. Uh, th- th- those, we're also irrational Biggie Linkson fans, but that's, that's fine. Rus- no, I don't think we're irrational. Those Rusev matches were great. Those are fantastic. Yeah. I enjoyed okay, those look, a lot. So anyway, let's fire these guys so, up here. you know, this, this – uh, or a lot of biggies in the history of wrestling. I got, My other, I got Biggie, Biggie Biggs, Biggie Brooklyn, and Biggie Sleaze. What's your favorite Biggie Sleaze memory? Uh, I think we're dealing with Langston here, Rich. <laughs> Who's Biggie Sleaze? Oh, he's deceased. See, you're, I don't know who you're speaking is. ill of the dead. I don't know. I didn't know who Biggie Sleaze was, but I apologize to the family of Biggie Sleaze if they're listening. So, uh, all right. Biggie Smalls is also dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Famous that rapper. is correct. No, uh, no four-star matches for uh, Big E. Well, see, the, the public does not agree with me, but uh, no. I, I thought those Rusev matches were pretty I'm with you on that one Rusev. What was the one? Uh, SummerSlam, right? Yeah, they had two on pay-per-view. I think the one, yeah, there was the, Maybe yeah, I forgot which one I loved. rights or something, and uh, I, don't, I don't think it I don't think it went that different. I think they haven't had bragging rights. In like I, I don't know years. the names of these fucking shows. <laughs> that was during the SmackDown versus Raw era. Uh, we're done with that. What was the other paper? Now it's going to bother me. I know they had two pay-per-view matches. All right, I just closed. I'm gonna go back to the biggie. So anyway, I'll talk about the match. So anyway, the, this tag match. <laughs> the other point I wanted to make about this match was: look, um, people are starting to realize what Titus O'Neil brings to the table now. Now that mm-hmm. they're being, now that he's being focused on a bit. This guy was the king of the sea shows. The only problem with Titus O'Neil is: look, I like him a lot. Obviously, I've talked about him a lot. Anyone who reads, you know, the 12 people that read the Superstars reviews know that I like Titus O'Neil a lot. The problem is Titus O'Neil is really great on hot tags and he's really great in like six minute matches, but I don't think that that guy would be able, he's very limited and I don't think he would be able mm-hmm. to hang in anything longer than that. They had matches that payback and money in the bank where they're payback. Two. That was the one. I don't know where I got yeah. bragging rights from, but uh payback. I mean, they had a bragging rights, but that was like, that went away in like 2009, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, so that, you know, Titus O'Neil, but people are coming around on him to see, but the pro. But my other takeaway from this match was I've been I've been picking on Darren. You listen, I I hammer Darren Young 
Okay, I pick on that guy relentlessly. Um, I've been burying Darren Young almost every week on this thing ever since that team's been getting a push. Lately, Darren Young Solid has hand. been holding his own. Yep. He is, he's, he's showing improvement. He was good in this match. He was good on the Raw the next night. I cannot, you know, I have to, I, I've, listen, I, I call it like I see it. He's getting better and he's not holding the team. I thought he was actively holding the team back before. I thought Titus could have used a better partner. He was good in these, in the last two couple, in the last couple of times that I've seen him. Still, you know, the fourth best person in the match, in my opinion, but um, he, he was certainly hanging with the others now. Um, Absolutely. This was a good match. I didn't think it was the best match on the show. I did think it was the second best match on the show. Uh, this was probably your pick for best match of that. Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> Silence. Well, it wasn't that here's, bad. But, I thought it was okay. But, here, but, but here's the thing. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to build straw men, Rich. I, you know, I, I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to talk about Roman Reigns on my own podcast. You know, you know, so, um, you know, so I'm just not going to comment. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I'm not allowed because, uh, you know, um, uh, do, well, let me ask you, am I allowed to talk about Roman Reigns on my own show? Yeah, I will give you the, the right to talk. Good, about Roman because yes, I've go got ahead. a pile of fucking hay here and I'm ready to talk about Roman Reigns and I'm ready to you want me to build some fucking straw men. I'm going to build some straw men about Roman Reigns. OK, this talk of Roman Reigns. Being in the wrestler of the year, to Roman Reigns. There's been this little movement with Roman Reigns over the last couple of months, ever since the WrestleMania match. I'll keep this as brief as I possibly can. Um, Roman Reigns has now become the most overrated wrestler in the world. In the world, there's not a more overrated wrestler walking planet Earth right now than Roman Reigns. And I'm going to shatter. I'm going to destroy, and I'm going to systematically take apart any possible wrestler of the year argument for Roman Reigns in the next five minutes. Completely destroy it. Okay? Rich, can you name me another wrestler on Earth? Can you name me any wrestler who if they were flat out terrible, universally panned, flat out considered terrible for 25% of a given year, would ever be in a wrestler of the year discussion? No. Have you ever seen that be the case? Can you name anyone who was a wrestler of the year who was flat out awful for a quarter of, of that given year? Awful. Roman Reigns was awful, was terrible for 25% of 2015. From January 1st, 2015, or you can go back to December 1st if you want to use the Observer calendar, until his match with Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns was a bad pro wrestler. Is that fair to say? Uh, he had the he had the good match with Daniel Bryan in, in February. I forgot. I, I don't remember if that was a pay per view or Raw. That I that I enjoyed that one. Remember when he was having all those awful television matches every week? That there was a bad stretch. Yeah, I think that one was a, a, yeah, that was a blip in the radar. The Daniel Bryan one, and then it wasn't until WrestleMania. I, I will give him that he one though to break up that mold. Yeah, but, all but those yeah. terrible TV matches on Raw and SmackDown that people were laughing at. Even the people now who are in his corner hated those matches. The Royal Rumble was an all-time bad match, and he had a lot to do with it. You yes. can point to the booking if you want, but go back and read He did nothing view. to help himself. He yeah, was he... awful in the match. He did nothing to help himself. His eyes wide open the entire time going, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do I he do here? He could not handle the rejection, and he choked in the – he was terrible in the match. 
He goes to WrestleMania, and the proof that he was awful for the first quarter of the year is the running narrative from everyone was that the WrestleMania main event could be a train wreck if Brock Lesnar didn't carry him. Remember that, Rich? Mm-hmm. Everyone was concerned about that because Roman Reigns had been so terrible for the first quarter of the year. Now, I thought he was very good in the WrestleMania match. I thought he was, in fact, I think he was excellent in the WrestleMania. I love that match. It was great, yeah. We've talked about that match. But for the first, and, and since that match, he's been okay. I haven't said he's been bad. When have I ever said he's been bad since that match? Have I ever said that? I don't believe so. No. He's been okay since then. He hasn't been wrestler of the year level since then. But if you're going to be flat out terrible, terrible for 25% of a year, you better be exceptional for the other 75%. And he has not been exceptional. I mean, there's no way you could even argue he's been exceptional. He's got, he's got, in my opinion, one great singles match this year, and that's WrestleMania. Now, if people want to scream about the Daniel Bryan match, I'll give you that one. The fact of the matter is, I don't remember a ton about that match. It didn't make an impression on me. So I obviously didn't think it was that great of a match. Look, yeah, it was fast lane. If you're uh, now, I, I looked it up just to make sure that was fast. Lane. I, I remember being pretty looking good. Looking through my I notes that one a lot. for Feb- that was February. Yeah, uh, February. Okay, I write down everything I think is four stars or better. Let me see. I don't think I have it down, which means I didn't think That's... it was that great of a match. No, I do. I do not. So I don't know what I rated it at the time. I don't even know if I reviewed that show. I definitely yeah. Let me fire it up. I, mean, here, I watched the show. Um, I don't do not believe I reviewed the show. I may have. I don't know. But I'll, but listen. That's fine. I'll give people that match. But still, so we're dealing with a guy who has two great matches at maximum for the entire year and was awful for 25% of the year. Flat out awful. Indisputable. He was terrible. The guy was bad. Who else would get this kind of pass? It's just this weird, like, underground hipster thing where, you know, people are, you know, all of a sudden Roman Reigns is a super worker. Where's the evidence of this? Okay? So if you're bad for 25% of the year, sorry, you can't be wrestling. You're not even in the conversation. Not even in the conversation. He's not even one of the five best workers in his own company this year, in my opinion. Okay? And the second part of this, which completely deconstructs any possible wrestler of the year argument for this guy, okay? He excels in exactly one kind of match. And that match is taking a beating for 10 to 15 minutes and then making a Superman comeback. That's the only match that this guy has in his holster. If he ever wrestles any other kind of match, it's never any good. He knows what he's so limited as a worker. Yeah, well, any match where he's had to take kind of control of it and be the, the primary wrecks. offensive guy, they're awful. They're really, really, really the bad. The only match he excels in is selling the entire match and then making the, the Superman comeback. That's, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's, that's his role, and, which is and cool. And he's been okay, but he's so limited as a worker. Who else would get this kind of pass for being that limited of a worker? Nobody at, at the match of the year level. I don't, I'm sorry, at a wrestler of the year level. Give me another wrestler of the year who was ever that limited, where they could only do one kind of match at, at a decent level. I mean, and, and there's a reason that he's so limited right now. Look, he's only a couple years into his career. I'm not saying he can't get better. He's improved right in front of our eyes. 
So he certainly can get better. But the fact of the matter is, for a year and a half, this guy was carried, carried on the backs of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in those Shield matches. He was always, always, and, and I rewatched them all. I talked about it a month ago on this show. He was always the fifth or sixth best worker in all of those hot Shield matches, all of which were overrated, by the way, on rewatch. Every Shield match is overrated, all of them. Okay, and he was the fifth or sixth best worker in almost every one of those matches. The only time he wasn't the worst worker in, in those matches are when Eric Rowan was in the match. I mean, that's the fact. I went back and watched him. He was carried by those two guys, and that was by design. You can't even argue it. It was by design the way they put that team together. They knew he was green. So that circle back to now. This is why the guy is you know. He's a three-match, he's a three-move offensive wrestler. He's got the apron drop kick, he's got the Superman punch, and he's got the spear. So all of his matches, by design, are for him to sell the whole time and then hit his three big moves at the end, which always get a big pop. And where did he that, that's all he can do because that's how he was developed for a year and a half. He would come in at the end of the shield matches and get all the glory and go through his three moves. It's like it's the same structure as these shield matches. For all intent and purpose, for him. Yeah, it's just on a, more, on a bigger level. Yeah, they're, they're not much different. Yeah, they're singles matches now. They're worked in the same manner. He's a one-trick pony, and that trick isn't even all that good. He's a one-trick pony, but he's not exactly David Copperfield. Okay, he's the he's 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 the fucking guy playing three-card Monty uh, somewhere uh, in a street corner in New York City. It's not like he's some kind of ace magician with his one trick. His matches are okay. Let's not get crazy. He's a one-trick pony with a mediocre trick. He's not a wrestler of the year candidate. And that's why I can't take it seriously. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure 